folks. I'm Craig Lipinski. I'm Seth Bot Ten Thousand. And I'm Chris Dunn. And this is episode one sixteen of the TV and Lust video game podcast, available at TVLust.net. And I'm currently watching an auction for Dewey's Adventure. Oh yeah, I forgot. I was gonna like outbid you on that. Don't shit. outbid me. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Get your own. Okay, I want yours. Like I don't even want the game. I just want you to not have this auction. <laughs> Go play your shitty Tiny Toon Adventures game. <laughs> I already beat it, okay, Craig? You have to beat it a couple more times to get your $150 worth. No, thank you. <laughs> that was strenuous enough, I guess, huh? Yep. Yeah, but, uh, you know, this game, like, Dewey's Adventure, like, I don't think anyone really noticed that it came out, like, at all. It's the one where you just slide that do around, right? Yeah, I think he has different... Doesn't he have different phases, too? Can't, doesn't he, like, turn into, like... Isn't it um, a bit, like, uh, fluidity? Or he has different... Yep. Yeah, I thought so. He that sounds right. and stuff. Like fluidity, but he looks like a condom. I, he does. Yeah, he's even got the <laughs> little reservoir. Does. He's got the little reservoir on his head. I yep. see that. Yep. He's, I mean, half of the condom's a little... I don't know, jellified. I really wouldn't trust that condom. It's like one of those condoms that like some like 17-year-old love, left in his glove box in his car like in the hot sun. He's like, oh, yeah, this will work fine. This is anyway. They, they turn crispy, Craig. They don't, they don't, it's like turn jelly. Oh, well, I don't know. Well, they it's like one of the, it's one of those, shape. I've never, I've never, never left it in, in a glove box, so it's one of the. It's like, uh, one of those all the time. It's one of Man, those sex, sex life must be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when I drink. I say weird stuff. Are you right? drinking? I am drinking. Did you Good. not see what I posted on the Facebook? Uh, no. He's got like uh, a single bottle of like apple cider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. It is. No, it is good. It is good. You should try the. Um, they have like ginger. I, I saw that at the store this weekend, actually. Maybe I will try that. I like that. I, I like the dry ones, too. I like the dry Angry Orchard. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like those, there's a, um, there's, a, and there's a cider called Crispin. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is dry. That's pretty dry stuff. But, I mean, I, I kind of like it. It's not as sweet. It's, 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 it's really good. But I, I, don't, I never see it around here. Hmm. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really like beer. So I tried cider once, and I was like, this is pretty good. Yeah. yeah no, so. I recommend the Crispin. The Crispin's good. Cool. Good to know. All right, so um, welcome to the podcast where we talk about cider and charred condoms. Um, <laughs> we just lost all our listeners. That's that's all seventeen of them. So I had my door open, my porch door open. Like those fucking hick neighbors. There's no one outside. There's no one in the fucking yard, and yet they're still blaring that shitty pop country that no one should ever listen to. The the oh my dog down and my truck broke down kind of bullshit. And I can't have my door open now while I record the podcast because it's just blaring, and there's no one in the there's no one there. I fucking hate these people. I fucking hate them. Uh, Craig, which one are you watching? Gently used. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm watching the gently used Dewey's Adventure. <laughs> oh man, it's already up to three twenty. You could get like a new one for like seven bucks. <laughs> or I can get this gently used one for three twenty five. Don't bid on it, Seth. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> I know you're like enough of a dick to do it. Hold on, maybe you'll out. feel better, Craig, once you outbid Seth, then you can feel better than him. No, right, because right. and it won't cost one hundred and fifty dollars. Adventure isn't you isn't worth the struggle. But it's the thing. <laughs> going about uh, this uh, uh, oh man, this thing's going up and up. 
Hmm. Stop bidding, goddamn! <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's jacking it to another like fifty cents, dude. This is not okay. Stop. Okay, okay. he paid one hundred fifty dollars for Tiny Tunes on GB. I think like, you could yeah. stop him. Yeah, no, it's not. No, I know. I'm sorry. Let me have my crappy condom game. God damn. (laughs) Are you the current high bidder? Yes. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I just like jacked that up like Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) You owe me 50 cents the way I see it. I didn't know you bid yet. I don't know. I usually just watch it and bid at the last second, but. No, because no one's really bid on this yet. That's the thing. Like, I think one guy tried this half hearted attempt. It It was like a dollar. And this guy jacked it to like three dollars or whatever. He bid three dollars, went to three twenty. He's like, eh, whatever. He just three twenty five. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I'll give you fifty cents next time. Uh, next time we hang out, which has never happened ever. So, yeah, I guess. Huh? I, yeah, well, sounds good to me. Um, so, a very uneventful week for me. I'm trying. I'm struggling to come up with like anecdotes or stories. And I don't have any. I just worked. Remember that time I just kept jacking up Dewey's Adventure on you? That was a good one. <laughs> what about you, Seth? What have you been up to? I've been bogarting my auctions. Uh, what have I been up to? I, like, installed some crap on my PS2 so I could play burn games on it. Like, you, you could do, like, you could, apparently you could just play burn games on your PS2 without, like, any hardware modifications. What really? Just, was it like a like a like a like an override like that someone that someone attaches like to the ISO or something? Uh, yeah, you install something onto the memory card, no and then shit. you yeah, and then you patch an ISO too, and then like if the patched ISO works in conjunction with the uh, with one of the programs on the memory card, and then it just plays the games. How do you now? How do you install something on the memory card? Uh, I used one of those swap magic discs, you know, like where you like stick it in and then you like stick a key card in, just like rip the disc tray out and switch discs. Well, apparently those uh, swap magic discs, you could also use them to like install crap through the USB port. All right. So so walk us through this because I'm, I'm interested in this. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'll ever do it. I mean, can you, I would want to do it for like import games because I want to import a PS2. Yeah, that's what I'm using. Well, I'm even patched an import. We don't game encourage patched. piracy on the TMS podcast, but we do encourage ways to play things you wouldn't be able to normally play if you. I don't know. We buy games. Like you probably bought the game, didn't you? Well, yeah, I ripped it myself. I, yeah, it's so. I mean, that's what that's one of the good things about disc games. They're like super easy to just like rip into your computer, and then you could uh, modify them yourself. So yeah, that's... my computer has a disc drive. So yep. Oh, right, a lot of the Macs don't have those anymore. Huh? <laughs> Forgot all about that. All right, uh, step by step, you download a program called Free McBoot. McBoot? Um, like, is this? <laughs> <laughs> is that like McRoddy was with us last week? I know. Or Mick Snack Wrap? It's Free McBoot. Anyway, it's Free McBoot. You install that. Um, one of the apps that you put into the apps folder in Free McBoot is um, a program called ESR. So you get that. You put that on a USB stick. You uh, plug the USB stick into the USB slot on your PS2. You get um, a swap magic disk. And about how much do these go for? Uh, like 20 bucks. Uh, you throw that in your PS2. Um, it reads a file off the USB disk. It installs Free McBoot onto your memory card, and then uh, 
than any ISO you have. You patch it with something called ESR Patcher, and then you literally just throw it in your PS2 uh, while you Can have you a memory card. you throw it card. overhand or underhand? I'm just uh, it depends on if you're playing softball or baseball. Gotcha. So, yeah, it's different <laughs> rules. Um, okay. And, yeah, then you just put it, you just put the patched disc into your uh, PS2 and it, and it plays. Like, you don't even need to, like, you don't even need to do that. You wouldn't think, like, the PS2 would be capable of, like, it just seems so primitive now. <laughs> like, I, yeah. you know, like, it just seems, the I, PS2 just seems too primitive to be able to do something like that. I think it's I think it's interesting. It like can read a signal from the memory card saying, "Yeah, it's okay to play this disc." That's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that is really weird. But it, it, like, I like it too because you don't even need to like run through like the program like you do on the Wii Homebrew channel, where you could all like go into the like Homebrew and then load up Gecko OS to play your imports or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could just like turn the PS2 on while the disc is in there, and it'll just yeah. But at least with the with the Gecko go, I mean, that's you know, Gecko OS. I use like USB Freeloader or whatever, but. I mean, with those, you can just um, use the regular disc. You don't need to rip it. And then, mm-hmm, that's true. You know, that does skip. I mean, it's a little it's a little more confusing if you're not used to it. But, it, I mean, you don't you don't have any extra steps after that. This is true. Unless, so, yeah, unless, kind of unless you're, unless you're uh, what is that Tales game? Tales of Graces. Apparently that didn't work. What? Yeah, yeah, no, I bought Tales of Graces while I was, because it originally came out on the Wii, and I bought that while I was in Japan last, and, and I brought it home, and it just, it wouldn't load, apparently it had problems with, that one had problems loading with many of the normal uh, methods of playing um, other regions games on the Wii. That's weird. So, so like Gecko hmm. OS, Freeloader, USB Freeloader, those didn't, those didn't work. Like, I wonder if that was intentional. Like, Namco's like, haha, we found a way to block these things. Or, I also heard that, like, Tails games just have really poor programming in general. So, I wonder if, like, that was a happy accident. <laughs> that might be true because, I mean, apparently the Tales of, Tales of Graces on the Wii was a, such a glitch fest. It was so, like, broken that they had to re release it. Um, they yep. had to re release the disc and give people, like, new discs. I don't know what version I have. It doesn't really matter except Tales of Graces F on the PS3 now. But, yeah, apparently the game was pretty pretty broken. Interesting. Hmm. So well, that's, that's what Seth's what been doing. He's, he doesn't. He doesn't really have much of a social life or anything. So he just. No, I don't I, do I've much. I've been trying to avoid people lately. So I don't know. Good for you. That's what I do yeah. too. Yeah. Um, I found out this week at work that I may be going to the United Kingdom sometime soon, which is pretty cool. I, I no shit thought you were going to say a cup convention. That would be so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That that sounds way less exciting than going to the United Kingdom. Wait, are you going to the UK for a cup convention? Maybe no, it's to visit one of our one of the company's other facilities for like training. Uh, I um, see. They're, they're based out of Europe, and they have I don't know half a dozen facilities there. Um, they just opened up in the United States like a year or two what ago. What kind of training is this? I don't United even Kingdom, know, man. I haven't on gone the left yet. Side of the road, I don't understand. It's just like it. I, I think that it kind of baffles me that the last company I was at, I was there for like two years before they're like, "Oh, we're going to send you two states over to Indiana," you know. And and they have a facility like two hours away where I I never went, and yet I've been at this company for a month, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to send you over to Europe, maybe." So, it, yeah, well, like, are, I guess I must be doing a good job if they're going to maybe do that. Yeah, so. Yeah. What are cups called in the UK? I don't know. I'd probably figure that out before I go. Shit. Yeah. Fuck, now I'm nervous. It's fine. Just drink some more. Good idea. So where where in the UK? Uh, Wales. Hmm. 
Yeah. I've never been to Europe, so I'm definitely really excited if this goes through. Yeah, I know. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Other than that, uh, I went to a flea market yesterday and had a much less exciting experience than you did. We all just hate Craig now for his stupid flea it's market. It's never going to be like that again. Like, I'm never going to have that again. <laughs> yeah, but you got one. I, I got, never I, had I, anything I get, like that. I did that. get the one. I did get the one. Yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I got a box Game Boy Color. I mean, not a Game Boy Color, Game Boy Camera. Well, that's still... That's still I never had it. Yeah, I never, I never had a Game Boy Camera, so, you know. How much did you pay for that? I think it was 20 bucks. Which I wouldn't pay. I I wasn't that excited to get a good camera, but I was like, eh, it's in a box. Why not? So, nice. um, I also picked up my fifth copy of Metal Gear Solid Two, and uh, copy of Sonic Adventure for the GameCube. Are you just hoarding uh, Metal Gear Solid Two? <laughs> I got I got the the X the original Xbox version. It's like all right. Bucks. So let's see. You got Xbox, uh, PS Two, probably PS Two substance. Actually, that might be the sixth. I have the original on PS2, I have the Substance on PS2, I have the Essentials Collection on PS2, I now have the Xbox version, and I have the HD Collection on PS3 and Vita. Are you going to get this Legacy thing if it ever comes out in the, in the West? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a sucker. That's pretty hefty, though, and the price wasn't too bad. What was? It, it I, don't, I didn't see the price, but... I think I could have sworn it was something like $80. Yeah, some, uh, DFR said 80 but it's DFR, so... Yeah, no, nah, it was about $80. I think it was like something like... 7,900 yen, somewhere in that ballpark. So, yeah, about 80 bucks. You well, can't kind of like, get away from first my power five, It's got some digital graphic novels or something. So, decent number of stuff in that collection. Yeah, it's got a lot of games and so, some extras. I mean, I, I would say it's worth it. I'm not even, like, that into Metal Gear, and I'd be considering mm-hmm. snapping that up. Let's be honest, though. I'm a sucker. It doesn't matter what's in it. I'd buy it. No, I know. I mean, I'm a sucker for certain things, too. I buy shit I don't need all the time. So, <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, speaking of, I have actually been looking into... Did I talk about this last time on the podcast? Did I think about uh, collecting some Game Boy Color games? No. Because I know I talked a little bit on Twitter. I was looking to um, uh, collect uh, the, the dedicated type cartridges, the, the clear ones. Because there aren't that many, like, worthwhile Game Boy Color games with, with right. the cartridge. But they get, man, they get really pricey. Um, the worthwhile ones at any at any rate. Like, the mm-hmm. cheapest one that I want to get, like, I already own the loose cart, but I just I want to get the boxes for is Crystallis, which is a port of an NES game. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, 35 was the cheapest I found that for. And that was, like, the cheapest game. Like, it just goes from 50 to 100. And if you want Shantae, forget it. Yeah. Like, that, Shantae at auction goes for over 200. <laughs> I got a brand new one for 60. Huh? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh... Well, that's coming to the virtual console soon, so I mean, hopefully that'll make the the price of the, it might, it might the cartridge go down. down. Yeah, that's that's happened before with the, with these re-releases, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Because yeah, because I mean, right now it's the only way to play it is find one of these scant few copies on eBay, right? But why, why the fuck are Super Nintendo games like so expensive? Box Super Nintendo games they shot up in value because I think there were I think the people that grew up with those are wanting to. I mean, there's there's probably been a combination of things. There's this whole like. I mean, there's been a lot of focus on retro, whether it's on YouTube with people like me or, you know, our websites. Also, you have, you know, the podcast like Retronauts. I don't think that's still around, but you, you have websites that also talk about retro games. And I think that people that grew up with those are seeing these videos on YouTube, seeing these features on websites and thinking like, man, I had a great time playing such and such back in the day. 
and these Super Nintendo games are skyrocketing. They totally are. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably comes in waves. I think in a, in a, in a few more years, you'll probably see N64 games do the same thing, if yeah. I had to guess. Because, like, I've, I've been wanting to, like, flesh out my Super Nintendo games more recently, and they're just, like, 80 bucks for, like, box copies for, like, not even super rare stuff. No, I know. I noticed that, too, and that's why I was like, Ugh. So, like, right now, like, like I said, I'm focusing on these Game Boy Color games, and then on the side I'm trying to do some, like, N64 games that I want to get um, boxed. Because, I mean, I have pretty much most of the N64 games I'd ever want. I'm basically, at this point, I'm rebuying boxes. I just did um, an auction for Jet Force Gemini. I had... And the box in the game, no manual, but I already have the game in the manuals. I just need mm-hmm. a box. And I paid $11. I mean, you paid $11 for a box. It's not I'm not proud of that, but at least I didn't pay a lot. Um, but, yeah, that's what I've been doing on the side because the Super Nintendo, I can't do that right now. Those Some of those are just too expensive. Because, like, I actually have a Chrono Trigger box. I have the, the box, the manual, and the two maps. I don't have the cardboard insert the tray, and I can't seem to, like, maybe someone sells those on eBay, but I haven't been able to find these magic <laughs> words to type in, like, SNES cardboard tray, like, none of that even comes up. There's bound to be someone selling those things, but um, I need more I, of those. And I why don't you just buy a copy of, like, Jeopardy or, you know, some yeah, that's what I did. I did that's, that that's what I, I've done that before, too. That's probably what I'll do. So then I want to get, like, the loose cart. I mean, that's the hardest. But the, even the loose carts for Chrono Trigger are stupid expensive. Like they, I actually saw a copy of that at a store recently for like thirty five bucks, and I wish I had grabbed that it. That is really reasonable because they go for much more than on eBay. Right, because it was the cartridge. I didn't, but yeah. you know, I went back after after I had seen you know how much they go for, and it was gone, obviously. So, right. Yeah, so I, I bought a box Contra three for eighty bucks. Whew. That's right. Nice. Exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, my my Super Nintendo collection. Like, I have some good ones. Like I have like Breath of Fire. I have um, Secret of Evermore. I have uh, A Link to the Past. Like I have some cool box games, and I have ones that are like you know more like I like Tin Star. Like no one really gives a fuck. About it. I love Tin Star, but no one really cares about it. <laughs> so I mean, I have some. Like it's but my Super Nintendo collection, my box Super Nintendo collection is pretty small. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm taking this time to do N64 because they're not nearly as expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, the Game Boy Color ones, I'm really excited to do. I want to do. I got. Uh, I got um, Perfect Dark, which I already own, but I got that the box coming in. It was like thirteen dollars or something. <laughs> and he just like checked Perfect Dark. What the fuck are you buying that for? <laughs> no, I. <laughs> I coughed. I actually, I actually have that box copy. So it's it's a decent game. It's it, it's it's like the, the sprites are too big. It's not a first person shooter, obviously, because it's on the Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a like a top down action shooter. But man, the sprites and like Joanna sprite takes up like thirty three percent of the fucking screen. Like you yeah, can't see huge. anyone until they're on top of you. Game I think games. you could. I think you could like easily unlock some guns if you use the uh, transfer pack with the N sixty four game. I think I'm pretty sure shoots. I did that. That's like very much. That's most of what I did with that game. Yeah, you could plug it into the transfer pack and then plug that into your N sixty four controller and unlock. I, I could have sworn it was cheats, but maybe it was some other stuff. I'm pretty sure the Psychosis gun was one of the unlocks because I don't have the Game Boy Color game and I had to like unlock that in the game by beating like the Chicago level in under two minutes on the hardest difficulty and it took me like yeah. fucking five hours straight. I would uh, Jesus, that sucks. Yep. Yep, I'll be cheating for that. So, but um, what else am I looking for? I uh, I want to get I want to get the the Oracle games in the box. I have them loose. I don't have the boxes. I like the box art for those. I like the like the red and the blue. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the games. But I do like the boxes for those. 
I let a friend of mine borrow Oracle of Seasons, and he gave it back without the box. I, I would have punched him right in the mouth, like right then and there. He would have had no teeth left. Yeah. So I have I have ages in the box, and I have, I have seasons without the box now. I, I need to rebuy that. Go for these days. I don't know. I haven't looked in a while. Well, I'm rambling, Seth. You want to look that up for me? Uh, no. <laughs> Please. Right. Just for that, I'm going to throw a quarter onto your Dewey's adventure. <laughs> <laughs> you already tra- no, no, no! You already charged me fifty cents that you're never gonna pay. That's 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 the fee. You don't have to pay me fifty cents. You can look that up while I'm talking. All right. I want right. um, the Metal Gear Solid, uh, the Ghost Babel. I had that in the box. I have that too. You're actually making me feel really good right now because I know your collection is huge, and now I have things you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed that game. I actually really enjoyed the multiplayer too on that. Um, yeah, that is a great game. That was the first Metal Gear game I actually played, and obviously you know how big a fan I am of that series. Yeah. So. It's, it's a weird game. Like, I remember, like, fighting the guy with the boomerang. He's like, boomerang, that's a white man's word. He's like, well, I'm, he's like, dude, I'm solid snake. I'm white as fuck. What do you want me to call it? What do you call it? Like, a Ouija or something? Like, like, Beware my Ouija. <laughs> like, ugh. Um, uh, geez, these are expensive. How much are you looking to pay, Craig? Oh, God. Well, Ghost of Bell is about 100 and then Resident Evil Gaiden is about 100 so, you could you could get a two pack of both games for one forty. Oh, okay. I mean, I can deal with that. When you said expensive, I'm thinking because I mean that's what I've been planning on paying for most of these anyway. Like they're all up there. All the yeah. Game Boy Color games are already up there. I want to get. I mean, I bought like five copies of Magi Nation. Like I have a bunch of the stupid fucking cards that come with it. I don't have the box. That's another fifty dollars. Dude, I'm, when you tell me about that game, I bought it like ten bucks complete. I know. Well, because <laughs> yeah, well. It, must my my evangelizing must have rubbed off somewhere because they shot up in value. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm the only one talking about that damn game. Uh, what else? Oh, I bought Warlock. I already own the loose copy, but I paid like two dollars for it, so I got it in the box for like thirteen. Um, I know I've talked about Warlock before, but it was it was it's a really interesting game because it was published by Nintendo, and um, it's a real time strategy game on the Game Boy Color. It, it works. I mean, it's simplified, but it actually works. Uh, one of the one of the interesting things about it is that it's sort of Pokemon esque, where like there's a there's a number of dragons in the game, and they all have like elemental attacks, have different affinities and things. And the game randomly assigns you know certain like X number of dragons that you can find in your game from that pool. And if you want more of them, you have to trade them with people. You have to trade back and forth. You have to trade eggs. Um, so I thought that was a pretty neat game, and it's pretty cheap, but. Uh, so I guess, yeah, I guess they are a couple cheaper than Crystallis, but man, they just shoot right up after that. 50, 100, 200. It's nuts. But, so I know I'm going to be paying. I'm not surprised by those Oracle prices. I expected to pay probably between 50 and 70 for those. Doesn't surprise me at all. See, luckily, like, was the N64 generation when I started keeping my boxes. So, like, everything N64, yeah. Game Boy, and everything. Yeah, that's about that. when I started, too. Well, I was, too. I don't know what... I mean, well, that's because my whole life was a disaster during that period. So, I'm not surprised you don't remember. But I was, too. I was keeping my Game Boy Advance and my N64 boxes. I was. I don't know what happened, though. It sucks. Uh, yeah, at any rate, um, does that wrap this up? You want to talk about some news? Let's do it. All right. Um, Microsoft finally said, oh, yeah, that next generation thing. Cool. May 21st, we're going to talk about the next Xbox. And it's about time. Like, I just sort of feel like... <laughs> this... What was that? Excuse me. Oh, okay. I, was I wasn't. I, I just wasn't sure whether that was a bodily function or was, that was just you being you. No, I, <laughs> that was stuff coming out my mouth and nose. <laughs> okay. Um, 
I, th- I think their silence was a little. Uh, they should have. They should probably should have announced this a little sooner. But in less than a month, we will find out about the next Xbox, and hopefully, some of these rumors are not true. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I don't really. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I, I've been really apathetic. I mean, the Xbox has been my preferred HD console for this past generation. Uh. But Microsoft as a company, it's really hard to cheerlead them. Like, I like a lot... Like, people uh, people have this, like, oh, Sony's exclusives are better. I don't really care about that. Like, I do like Microsoft's exclusives. I'm not going to turn it into a dick measuring contest between the two. But I genuinely like Fable. I genuinely like Gears and Alan Wake and Crackdown. I like those games. But when's the last time, like, Microsoft's done anything like that? They've just been, like, jerking off to their sales numbers. We, we've sold the most consoles 36 months. That's great. That's awesome. What are you going to do with that? What are you doing yeah. with those sales? Same thing with Connect. Man, Connect's super pop. That's great. But now you're just using it as a microphone. I could have done that with the pack-in thing you threw in the box. Like, I don't, <laughs> you know, like, you're not using that device at all. So, I, I don't know. They're gearing up, Craig, to they, make this been the best the console on Because ever. it's really been lackluster coming from them. <laughs> Well, maybe they have more foresight than Nintendo. That that could be true. Maybe 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 that maybe that's what it takes is that lull. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, um, Nintendo released their uh, financial report. They were um, they were uh, they were had seventy one million dollars in profit, which is not a lot. That's pretty low, but mm. that's better than they were doing. There's been a lot of doomsdaying about Nintendo though, which is really unfortunate. Um, what? Isn't that pretty typical Nintendo? <laughs> and it's just it's just so one sided. Like you, you see all this reporting, you don't see this kind of scrutiny with the other company. You don't because if you contrast this, you contrast this with Sony and Microsoft. The PlayStation and Xbox divisions bleed money. They are swimming in red ink, both of them, and n- no one scrutinizes them. No one scrutinizes those divisions like they do Nintendo. And everyone's like, Iwata's a bad CEO. Maybe he is. I don't know. I don't really... The business aspect is really sort of foreign to me. Maybe he is a bad CEO. But what does that make the dudes over at PlayStation and Xbox then? And he's not that bad. I mean, he made tons of shitloads of money on the Wii. With the Wii, right. you know? Yeah, but, you know, he's, he's, he's always has to... Nintendo's been very... Um, they haven't been very proactive. They've been very reactive. And, and, you know, I have to give them credit in the reactive department. When something goes wrong, they find ways to fix it. Under Iwata, they really have, but they're not very proactive. They're not looking to make sure these problems don't happen again. Yeah, now their launches have been just clusterflux, dude. Yeah, right. But they, but their launches have been like mediocre since the N sixty four. Like the N sixty four had two fucking games. You could you you had a column A or column B when you bought an N sixty four. It was all Mario. Fuck pilot wings. It was Mario and pilot wings. And, um, you know, the GameCube launch was, was solid. They sold pretty decently, and they had good games through the launch window. Um, maybe the Game Boy Advance. I mean, I don't think that was as robust as the, um, as the GameCube, and they certainly didn't have a new Mario game. They had an old Mario game for that. But um, at the very least, the GameCube launch was good. But then you look at, you look at the N64, you look at uh, the DS, the Wii, uh, the 3DS, the Wii U. They're all basically lackluster. And... I mean, that, Nintendo should learn from that, but at the same time, I think people should shouldn't be so surprised. Oh man, this is not very good. They 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 haven't been very good in a very long time. The the thing about the GameCube launch is 
Like they had it. They had like Luigi's Mansion, Monkey Ball, Tony Hawk Three, uh, Wave Race, Rogue Squadron, um, and, Pikmin and, and then like Pikmin and Smash Brothers came out shortly after that too. Exactly. Right, I think those were December. December. Yeah, they like killed that, and then that's like what they're worst selling console. Yeah. So I so, yeah, so it's not like I mean it's it, it's not like coming barreling out of the gate that one time that they did did them any favors. You know, you could you could right. say that like as gamers it was great, but you know that thing sold twenty what twenty twenty two million units. No one gave yeah. a fuck. And I always hear, I always read on the internet people waxing like nostalgically about the GameCube, I was Nintendo's last best system or whatever. I'm like who bought that? Who are you talking yeah. about? There's twenty two million of them out there worldwide. Not all of you crying about the GameCube had one. I swear to God, because there's just the numbers don't add up. <laughs> um. So I don't know how Iwata can be considered a bad seed. Like this, this just to me, like I hate to be like that 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 conspiracy theorist, like Nintendo fanboy, but you see way more scrutiny over that company than you do any of the other ones. Always and and creatively, like where are they at? Sony releases a Smash Brothers clone in God of War '87, and that's what have, what else have they done recently? Uh, Little Big Planet karting. Oh yeah. So <laughs> so Mario Kart ripoff, a Smash Brothers ripoff. <laughs> And the sixth God of War game in eight years. Hey, they have Puppeteer coming out. That looks cool. Uh, yeah. Um, and then Microsoft had Halo 4 and Gears of War, the collection of size. So that was... So none of them are really creatively in any good place. No one's really doing anything right now. And and Sony has a, has a, worse, has a system performing worse than the Wii U. Where's, where's the scrutiny over this? Uh, nobody, like, pays attention to the Vita. The Vita doesn't yeah. count for some reason. For Vita some reason, the Vita doesn't count. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I'm not saying we should all, like, you know, gang up on something, but, this, but, this, but we shouldn't gang up on anyone. Like, the, there's pro- there seems to be, this seems to be, a, like, an, like, an industry-wide problem between creativity and uh, making money. Because these dudes are making less money on their systems than Nintendo is. Nintendo not only made $71 million in profit, but they have a huge war chest. So yeah, they do. Um, and yet, this is this is the company that we cry about. I, I don't know, I don't know, but they don't. They, none of them really seem to be doing all that well. But what are we talking about? We're talking about Nintendo's financial report, and it's just all right. All right. I'm, I'm oh, really, uh, the blah blah. Everybody's crying about the no E3 press conference. Yeah, I was going to talk about that too. I was going to transition. Like um, Iwata is now the CEO of Nintendo of America. Doesn't really change Reggie's position. He's still the chief operating officer. He just reports the Iwata now, um, which is probably good. Um, I don't, um, you know, <sighs> Nintendo's doing all right in Japan. The 3DS is cooking over there. It's not doing, people are using words like lackluster and, you know, like lukewarm to describe sales in the West, but it's still doing all right globally. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's starting to pick up steam. Or I mean, Luigi's Mansion made it into like what number six on the NPD all by itself. Yeah, yeah it was pretty good. Which yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know if I would use those words, especially when it's selling better than its predecessor, which is, which is, which what was that clocked in at? Nintendo's Nintendo stopped shipping units, right? So was it like one hundred fifty-three million? Does that make it? Yeah, selling I think that's about time? right. That's crazy. That's nuts. And it's selling better. It's selling. It's outpacing that, and we call that lukewarm or lackluster. I don't know. I think it's doing all right, but that's that's me. Um, but uh, you know, maybe Iwata's you know oversight in the West, you know, at least in North America, can maybe help. Maybe I don't know. Maybe um, 
unify Nintendo's message so that perhaps those those numbers transition to North America. Um, I don't know, because obviously the cultures are very different. We don't play handhelds as much here, which is a shame. You know, we look at them as these children's toys or these lesser systems. And for me, honestly, I'd rather play those than my consoles. Same but here. I don't have to fucking wait a half an hour to play my game. I just take it out of sleep mode and it's right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yes, uh, as Seth said, uh, Nintendo will not have a press conference, not a major press conference at E3. They'll still be at E3. They will still have their games. Uh, they will have some minor showings behind closed doors. They will not have a big um, press conference. Uh, I'm a little disappointed by this, as I think a lot of people are, because during that time frame, that's where everyone, that's where all, all, everyone who plays games, that's where their eyes are, are on E3. Mm-hmm. And it's always just sort of fun to see these, this big bombastic event. But you know what? The more I thought about it, as disappointed as I am, the more I thought about it, the more I think that's a smart thing to do. I mean, I sort of feel like E3's become this rat race where it's just everyone's concerned about who won E3 or whatever every year. And it's probably a needless expense, and Nintendo garners a ton of attention with their Nintendo Directs, as mm-hmm. it is. They can release those for cheaper on their own terms, and, and people people forego sleep to watch those. Yeah. So I've woken up early to watch them. There you go. And that's Seth saying this. That says something. <laughs> um, so I think I think it's probably very smart of them overall to do that. The one thing, though, the one thing that is problematic about this is that the mainstream press, because we don't think about this as players, you know, we got our own little bubble. But the mainstream press goes to E3, like USA Today or CNN. They're at E3. USA Today and CNN are not watching Nintendo Directs. So right. if Nintendo wants mainstream coverage, you know, skipping out a major press event at E3 could be problematic for them. But they still had, like, something going on for the press over there. They do, yeah, no, they do have some uh, closed-door stuff. I mean, does that involve them? I don't know, but uh, does that involve, like, these mainstream uh, outlets? I, I, I better I hope know. so. You better I would imagine they, so. I'm sure Nintendo's thought this they, through. Right, right. I think that's the only major problem. Otherwise, I think this is actually a smart decision. I'm actually... I, think, I think the other thing is that Press conferences can be detrimental. Be, I mean, look at what Microsoft's last showing, which I'm pretty sure everybody hated because there's just a bunch of Connect stuff and apps mm-hmm. for your dashboard and all this other crap. Yeah, services and shit. Yeah, and that stuff's boring. And I think this way, if they segment it, they could have the Nintendo Direct for the players. They have a separate meeting for retailers, and then they have a separate meeting for press. They could, uh, You could get all the interesting stuff right to you without having to wade through all that boring crap. Mm. Yeah. Right. No, that's a good point that pre- that these major press conferences, because I mean, they backfired on Nintendo. What the fuck was that Wii Music thing? Like, yeah. so they, they could totally backfire. You're absolutely right. Yep, that's a good point. And these, like I said, these Nintendo Directs can be, they've been very, I love Nintendo Directs. Mm-hmm. I love them. They're silly. Like, where else would you see, see the CEO of a billion dollar company dressing up as fucking Luigi like staring at bananas, you see Miyamoto <laughs> going around the background with the poltergust. Like they're crazy. These are fun. They're fun. Nintendo Directs are perfect. I yeah. love that that Nintendo does these. I love that this company does stuff like that. Just all these small yeah. things. Like I've said it before. Like even when you download something on the 3DS and it's a little present, you unwrap it. Nobody else does that. It's so mechanical when you download things on other systems. Yeah, I just transferred my Wii over to my Wii U because of the you know the virtual console stuff just came out. And, you know, that, that Pikmin animation where they're carrying the stuff to the little spaceship and stuff, that's so awesome. 
Yeah, I didn't see that pick, but I saw the pick one on the 3DS. Okay. Well, if you do the transfer on the uh, the Wii U, the Wii to the Wii U, there's a there's another animation um, similar to that where they they carry all the the apps onto this spaceship and then it flies over to the Wii U. It's it's really cool. That is cool. That is cool. Yeah. No um, one else does that. They make it. They make things these 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 ex- these experiences that are so I don't know banal. They make them so mechanical when Nintendo doesn't do that, and I and I really I really like that about them. I, I love. That well, that was loud. I, I love that Iwata's like wearing his three thousand dollars suit while he's doing this stupid shit on Nintendo <laughs> Directs too. Instead of his like, instead of his five hundred dollars shirt and jeans and that every other freaking company's wearing. But no, I love that he's out there in his god in his business suit, just staring at the yeah, news and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's that was cause Harai when he did stuff in the West. He was always like, "I'm just like you. I'm wearing jeans." And like yep. when he did Japanese stuff, he was wearing the suit. But when he was in the West, um. He was jeans and jeans and button down guy. I just assumed like Iwata just owns nothing but suits. He does, <laughs> I've never seen him up. in anything else. I don't. Yeah, know. it's true. He sleeps in them. He has like suits that are just for pajamas. <laughs> he has suits with footies on them. <laughs> you know, you, you know. Speaking of Kazurai, though, when he's talking in the that guy has like flawless English. That guy's nuts with his English. That's perfect. I yeah, I thought he like I don't know was born in the U.S. for a while or something. I had no idea. Well, I think you only get born once. I don't know if you're, you're born for a while. That's just kind of hanging out for a few months. It's kind of like just, you know, yeah. half in, half I, out. Maybe. I, for a while, thought that he was born. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Leave my sentence structure alone. between his mom's legs for a few months. Leave my sentence structure alone. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what this, you know, not doing an E3 press conference is going to mean as far as from a business sense or from a, the press. But, I mean, as a gamer, I think this is... Probably pretty exciting. I mean, I, I love Nintendo's E3 press conferences. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, their their Nintendo directs are very to the point. You know, you don't see a lot of that. You know, sales figures and all that, which are are of no interest to us. But they have to put it out there. So hopefully, you know, they do a Nintendo direct around E3 that you know shows those games that we want to see, but you know is is very to the point, like they have been so far. So yep. I, I hope this is a good thing, at least at least for us. Yep, yep. I I hope so too. The only thing that I could think that they're potentially missing out on is uh, Spike TV airtime. Because I know Spike airs all the yeah. press conferences or whatever. There's so much hostility with Nintendo. It's like, really, what are they missing out on, though? And, and plus, you know, fuck Spike, so. Well, I mean, there's that, too. But, I mean, there are portions of the audience that do watch that. But, I mean, they also wonder, like, are they portions of the audience that really care about Nintendo yeah. all that much. There's so much there's so much hostility with Nintendo online that I'm not even sure if they Nintendo's really losing out on much. I mean, these are the people that are crying like why isn't Nintendo at E3? But then there's these are the people that are going like Nintendo lost E3 like every year anyway, so who cares? Yep. Um also in the subject, this is all Nintendo all the time. They released the virtual console um on the Wii U. Um pretty safe uh launch titles, there's eight of them. Um, the highlight probably being Super Mario World. Um, there are a lot of people complaining about this. Uh, Nintendo expects us to rebuy these games. No, launch your Wii U into Wii mode and your games are right there. You don't have to rebuy anything. Um, did you, did you, Chris, did you buy any? Uh, I did the upgrade thing for Super Mario World, yeah. And, and what was that, a dollar? 
It's a, I think it's dollar fifty. Dollar fifty for Super Mario World, folks. So you can play it on your gamepad. Like this yeah. is not. And if you choose not to pay that, and you already bought it, you can still play it. So. Yeah, and you can still play. I don't. Nintendo's not making you rebuy anything, and then even if you want to, it's not even full price. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of. And like they're like, I, I read people like every game that was on the Wii should be on the Wii U Virtual Console day one. Well, that would be nice. That would that would be nice, but yeah. it's not. And but if you still want to play those games, now I have I haven't launched my Wii U uh, into Wii mode. I do. I still have my Wii hooked up. Um, have either of you used Wii mode on Wii U? I have. Is the shop channel still accessible there? I. Is the shop I channel even looked? I I believe it is. So I believe the Wii Shop channel is there, although most of the other stuff is not. Like, everybody right. votes is gone. The weather and, and news channels are gone. Um, the majority of the stuff is gone, but I'm pretty sure the Shop channel is still there. I thought so, too. I thought you could access the Shop channel from the Wii U. And if mm-hmm. that's the case, you don't have to wait for anything. You don't have to rebuy nothing. If GamePad plays valuable to you, then that's really what you're waiting for, mostly. Um, but otherwise, it's, st- it's still all there, and... I, I don't know. It's not that big of an... I, it would be nice if everything was readily available, but it's not. That's not how Nintendo rules. Yeah. I, I complained about this a little bit on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's it's a dumb decision not to put more stuff out there on, on day one, being that it's, you know, five months after the system launched or whatever, and, um, so you know, like there's, there's not a whole lot out there to play at the moment. So right. you'd, you'd think they'd want to put stuff out there to get people excited and get people talking about it and stuff. I mean, I don't expect them to, you know, put everything out there. Obviously, they want people to come back week to week and, and check out the update and stuff. I, I think there should be more than what there is, but I'm not going to complain too much more about that. I mean, I, I'm happy with Super Mario World, and I'm certainly going to keep checking. I, I hope that they don't trickle them out, you know, one release a week or, or whatever, like I, it's been I, on the 3DS. That That's my big concern. Because um, I, I am pretty excited for gamepad play. I mean, like you, you know, portables are, are a big thing for me, and being able to just sit on my couch and play Mario World on the gamepad is is fucking awesome. Yeah, um, I, I think they should probably do them faster. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's an update like we had this week, you know, every week, where it's, you know, one big release and maybe a few others that are not so big, I'd be okay with that. I'm just worried that it's going to be, you know, one release a week for yeah. the next five years. That's, that Well, that's probably what it is going to be. I would be yeah. happy with, like... Like three releases a week. Yeah, I, that's I how it was weeks. originally in the Wii's lifespan. I mean, we well, were getting well, several WiiWare virtual was consoles. A, didn't exactly. Exist yeah. Then. Um, right. But I mean, well, it's not like there's too much on the e, the Wii U eShop anyway. There's like Toki Tori. Yeah, there's a few good things on there, but but you're right. I mean, even that's slow going. Yeah. And you see all like, these indie devs are like, we're coming out with stuff, and it's like, well, until then, we got a whole lot of nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think three games a week would be a reasonable number um, in terms of sustainability over the long term and keeping people coming back, but also keeping people having a little variety every week rather than just one game. Uh, right. You know, I agree with that. Um, I think they should have taken the opportunity to launch with Earthbound. Uh, I think that would have been awesome. That would have been perfect. People that, really excited. That would have got people excited for this service. I mean, it would have. It would have. I think really just shut everyone up who was complaining. Yeah, it would have gotten people excited. It would have gotten people buying, you know, a full game that's not just a dollar fifty upgrade, which is what I paid. So, it, it definitely would have been a good idea, but it's it's unfortunate they didn't do that. Right? Because obviously it is out in Japan because it was part of the the thirty cent promotion or thirty yen, I guess. But yep, it is what it is. I guess it is what it is. Um, and that's uh, that's it for news. You guys have anything you'd like to add? I have nothing. 
I think you covered it. All right. Um, we're going to do some listener feedback. So head on over to tvnos.net. You can see the giant banner for the mailbag. You can shoot us a question, a comment. You can talk about whatever you'd like. Obviously, this is a gaming podcast, so that's preferable. But you can do uh, whatever you want. Uh, first up, we have uh, Zavin, who insists that his name is pronounced Zavin. Uh, or she. Hey, that's, that's, I don't know what Zavin is. That could be, that could go either way. Um, hello, panda enthusiasts and Seth. When did we, to, when... Is Zavin pulling our leg, or do we, did Chris and I ever, like, yeah, we fucking love pandas. You I mean, guys, I, I do love pandas, but I don't know that I've talked about it on this podcast. You guys once literally spent three episodes in a row talking about nothing but pandas. Are you sure you're not thinking of grocery stores? Ah, uh, yeah, I get those two confused. I'm yeah, I Man, I was in there, I had to stand in line the other day, like, I had two things. I had bread. Bread and a salad. Stand in line. <laughs> I don't think those self-checkout lanes, they should be too small so they can't accommodate carts. You just can't squeeze a cart through there because fuck you and your full cart in the self-checkout. Fuck you. You go stand in line. I can yeah, usually... my grocery store has self-checkouts that say, you know, 20 items or less. Even 20 is a lot. Like, there needs to be, well, like, I just whatever. ran in for two fucking things and that's it. That's what it, That's what those lanes need to be. Yeah, it might be 10 or, or 15 or, or something like that, but it I don't know that people actually respect that rule, but it is Probably supposed not. to be for, for The lanes are just locked down after 20 items. It's automatic. The lanes just, nope, can't accept anymore. This is it. You're done. Yeah, then the person would check out and then, then do the rest of their stuff Start in a separate transaction. transaction. Waste more time. Yeah, I, I was I was in a, an express lane once, and some woman um, had more than the, the 12 items or whatever, which, I, again, I still think that's a, especially if I just want to get one thing for, like, dinner from, like, the repaired food. Yeah, that's still not very express. It's still, still not very express. But anyway, she had more than that. So she had her stuff, she put it on the belt, put it down the divider, and then had her son and then her daughter to two, two other transactions. Yeah. She gave them the money. I'm like, fuck you. you <laughs> God damn it. Mm. I, just, I just hate people. I hate them. I hate people. So usually when I'm buying just like one or two things at the grocery store, it's like at midnight. So those self checkout lanes are always wide open. Just breeze on through. Well, like because of um, the, the the hours that I keep at work, and there isn't like a stove or anything. Like I, I sometimes like make a salad, like a big you know, I get a, like a mondo salad from like the salad bar at my grocery store. Or get like some of the sandwiches that they've prepared. Like that's an inexpensive and not terribly unhealthy way to like get some food before I go into work. So I don't have to like run out to like, what's, what's open at like one o'clock McDonald's, you know? So, and I'm doing this like right before I try to give myself enough time, but then just some days, like the lines are just fucking terrible. I hate when just people take forever in the self checkout lanes. Like they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, why are you in this lane? If you don't know how to use this lane? Oh no, I know old people. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. age, but old people do not know how to work those things. They like fumbling. Where do I stick money? There's like a slot for your money, and there's <laughs> yeah. a thing where you could slide your damn card. Just pick one. And, it's, and, and it tells you on the to, screen too. And the voice yes. just over explains everything. Please complete your transaction on the pin pad to the right of this screen. Shut up. Shut up. I see it. It's fine. <laughs> I I do hate. I don't know because I'm assuming a lot of them are different. But I hate the ones that make you like place your item down like on the little pressure pad to the right. Like there's one where's like please place item there. I won't let you scan the, your new item. And I'm oh. like. Oh. I have two things. Let me just hold these fucking things while I scan them and yeah, pay you. Yeah, Walmart does that. Walmart has to sense it in the bag, like in, mm-hmm. in the bagging area. Um, I never put them in the bag. I just like stick them next to the bags yeah. when I do. My grocery store doesn't – my grocery store, you have to put them on the conveyor belt where it goes down to the bagging area because it's like a whole lane. It's not like a small little thing. And it'll 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 sense the item as it's going down. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it gets wonked out and then it goes in reverse and sends it back up to you like – 
and then it's like item credited. I'm like, son of a bitch. Oh, I remember that. (laughs) Terrible. Terrible. And you know what shouldn't be allowed in express lanes? You know what should be charge only? It should be card only. It should, I'm tired of seeing people pay with checks and expressing or like WIC. Like, I don't care people, like, I'm not going to get into this, you know, welfare or anything. Like, I don't care what people do. That's not my business. But like, I hate seeing people with all these stupid WIC things, but in an express lane. Like, are you serious? Right now, this is express. Uh-huh. It's not get out and fill out a bunch of stupid bullshit paperwork with your WIC. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with this right now. <laughs> I mean, Unless, what? I mean, there's like WIC stores here where you could just like grocery shop with your WIC money, which I think is easier. Yeah. No. Well, people go. Uh, what is like a whole grocery store? It's like WICs or us? Is that? Yep. Yep. They don't accept <laughs> anything but WIC. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Weird. No, I don't think that's like that around here. I've never ah. seen anything like that. Um. Or like, or like checks. Even cash is a little annoying, but I'll ah, just get it out of there. Fuck cash. Cards only. <laughs> yeah, you, let, you let them use cash. You let the people with like jars of pennies coming up to the register. No, usually it's not that bad, but I see all these old people <laughs> with checks. I'm like, checks? Like, will you gonna chill this out into like stone? Is this the Flintstones? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had dinner with a friend of mine from my old job last night. Um, and he was talking, he moved uh, like two hours up north. Um, and he was talking about how a lot of places up there don't accept credit cards and debit cards. And I was like, what? Are you serious? Yeah. No, a lot of places. I, I would kill myself. I don't carry cash and I don't even no. have, like, checks. No. Exactly. To me, that's that's strange. But a lot of, like, a lot of places are, like, adverse to doing that because they have to pay to use that electronic right, network. Yeah. And I so, have seen, like, the $5 minimum purchases at a lot of places. That's yeah, illegal. You're not that. supposed to be doing that. They're not supposed to – number one, they're not supposed to charge you anything differently. That's the, that's in their agreement. When they sign up to use these networks, like MasterCard and Visa says you cannot charge our cardholders anything different and you can't do minimum purchases. And um, – but they'll they'll do it. Like, that was what people did initially because initially the agreement was that you can't charge them anything different. So then people started doing, like, 5 or $10 minimum purchases to offset the fee. And, like, here you'll see gas stations that will, like, instead of saying that they're charging you more because you have a credit card, they'll say they're charging you less for using cash. And they yeah, think their sign- places have that. They, they actually have, like, two signs. They'll have, like, the big sign that you could see clearly from the road, and that's the cash price. And then they'll have, like, a little sign somewhere that's the card price, which yeah. is more expensive. And it, and it oh, gets me so mad. Fuck off, dude. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So we're in Panda Enthusiasts, and, and, and we're Seth, and that's the three of us. Uh, I started listening a few weeks ago and have been working my way backwards through the episodes. I'm currently at episode 94. Why would you do this to yourself? This must be torturous. <laughs> and, and felt that I know enough about the podcast to leave a comment or a question. I had my basement flooded uh, last week, and my game uh, slash bedroom is in my basement. Luckily, nothing was damaged, but have you guys ever had damaged game collections by anything like a flood, an earthquake, etc.? Uh, my ex's cat peed on a few games. I don't think that counts. <laughs> that was... That was, you know, they, what, did, what did she pee? She peed on a, a few DS games. There was, uh, there was uh, Super Mario Brothers 64 DS, uh, Mario Kart DS, Tony Hawk uh, American Skateland on the DS. Um, there was, she peed on the, uh, the Metal Gear Solid, like, was it the Essentials Collection, that trilogy that came out on PS2? Mm-hmm. Ruined the outer box to that, so they're just loose. I, that pisses me off. Um, and Spectrobes, the first Spectrobes on DS. It was mostly DS games. And, um, 
I, I don't know where I bitched about this, where I bitched about these, but like a Disney brand manager contacted me and was like, oh, I'm so sorry your Spectrobes game got peed on. Like, here's a bunch <laughs> of Spectrobes shit. Like, he gave me a brand new copy of the game. He gave me a Spectrobes stylus. He gave me a bunch of the cards. Like, because the, the games came with these plastic cards that had um, holes punched out of them in particular arrangements. And then you would lay them over the touchscreen and then tap them, tap the stylus through them in order, and that would unlock stuff, which is actually uh, kind of clever. Jump Superstars does that. I don't have Jump Superstars. I have Jump Ultimate, and I don't think that did that, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, really complicated pictures they have to draw, though, but you need to, like, lay these things over. Like, And the cards even come with the game. Like, I have two of the cards that came with, like, the strategy guide that I got with the auction I bid on, too. And I was like, what? Where is it? Like, so you have to go out of your way to collect these cards to unlock in- That's pretty interesting. Well, uh, Disney did not sell those cards separately here in North America, so he gave me boxes of these cards that were only available in Europe. Oh, cool. And then he gave, awesome. me, he gave me a poster signed by the development team at Jupiter, which I lost, which I can't find this poster, and it really tears me up inside that I cannot find the Spectrum's poster signed by the Jupiter team. But, um, yeah, I don't know where he found that on the internet, but he tracked me down and he gave me a bunch of stuff. It was phenomenal. So that had a happy ending. I still need inserts for because the, the, the only thing that would damage on those DS games were the inserts. And I have, like, ones I printed out from the internet that don't look so hot in them right now. And I'm almost tempted to just rebuy the fucking game so I can have the fucking cases. Craig, didn't Jupiter develop, or at least co-develop, The World Ends With You? Yeah. And you lost their signatures? I did. I did. They have to be in this apartment somewhere. But, I mean, I've been through this apartment. I don't know where the hell they would be. I've been through the closet. I've been through all my stuff. I don't know where that could possibly be. But I haven't come across it anytime soon. Yeah, no, you don't need to tell me, man. Yeah, your weasel probably stole it. You, you know, <laughs> funny story, he stole my sandals. I went to go out today, and I could not find my sandals. I'm like, what the fuck? He 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 has a little nest, not not underneath the couch, inside the couch. He ripped open a, a, a little hole in the lining from underneath the couch. And and I just, on a whim, like, I started, like, looking around the couch. He had one of them, like, half underneath the couch. He didn't quite get under under there. The other one was inside the couch, along with a bunch of socks and cat toys. Um... <laughs> He's a fucking butthole, man. <laughs> um, yeah, Weasel probably stole that poster. It's probably inside the couch. What about you guys? You guys have anything damaged in a disaster and or cat pee? I'm um, pretty sure that has not happened to me. <laughs> Fortunately. Silverfish. I've had silverfish damage on some of my games. Now, what do they do? They eat them? Like, what is silverfish? They eat everything. Disgusting. They eat, like, paper and shit. I don't know why silverfish exist. They exist to eat paper. Gross. Yeah, like, one of them got up in my, uh... Uh... I mean, like, I didn't see it there, but he got in the case of my Marvel superheroes on Saturn, and I was, like, going through my game cases, and, like, one of the, one side of the insert is, like, eaten away, and, like, a part of the instruction manual as well. It's like fucking silverfish. And I'm, I'm afraid, like, I just bought box protectors for my N64 games. I've been buying box protectors for everything just to keep them safe from shelfware as well as silverfish. And I'm, like, afraid to go through my N64 games. I just, like, assume I'm going to start pulling them out and there's just going to be, like, bite marks away from all my <laughs> damn boxes. You'd rather think they're in perfect condition. I would. I'm, like, afraid. I, like, I'm looking at them. I have these box protectors for them, and I just don't want to start pulling them out because I, I, my, I, I can feel that my heart will break if there's, like, fucking silverfish damage on these things. <laughs> Damn. I'm going to pull one out. You guys talk. I'll be right, right. back. Um, but Chris has had no disasters on his. No, fortunately. Thank goodness. Um, Zothan goes on to say that uh, he or she plans on continuing listening backwards on the episode so he finishes all of them 
That uh, sounds like a really bad idea. That sounds terrible. <laughs> at least I, at a certain point. You know, people keep telling me, though, that, like, the show is really not as bad as we make it. I, you know, we're when I say I'm not proud of those episodes, it doesn't mean, like, I hate them or anything like that. I mean, we were learning, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think the, the show is definitely better now. Yeah, I mean, it, I, don't, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Maybe it hasn't gotten better. <laughs> I mean, after a certain point, it's just got to be experience, you know? Right. It's you can Just you can, be, being new at something, obviously, it's going to take some time. So I, I can imagine we would have to have improved yeah. at least some amount. You can, you can try and emulate everyone else as much as you want, but this is really you learn through experience. Yeah, exactly. I don't feel like I do a lot different. <laughs> I'd, I'd talk more, maybe? I don't know, but... Yeah. No, no, I think I, you, you talk more. That's really what it is. It's more about being conversational. Mm-hmm. I, I think we just. I mean, plus we had like never even fucking talked to each other before. We're like, hey, this is the first time really having conversations, and we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, on let's podcast. tell the listeners who we are and each other. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Sounds about right. Hey, well, the four games I pulled out actually look pretty good. Oh fuck! No, Ken Griffey's got some. God, see, they fucking ate the corner of Ken Griffey Junior Baseball. Fucking silver fish. Yeah. Uh, At least the, the cartridge is okay, Seth. Just be happy that you're gonna have you just to have buy that box. To play. <laughs> it's like on the like on these on these boxes, they like just eat away the pictures, but like the underlying box is still there. So they like eat away the top layer. But I mean it's like really minimal on this box. Zelda my two Zelda games, special edition of Buck Green at Times in good condition, so I'm happy there. That's good. Alright, I'm gonna have to box these after the show. Uh, moving on, we got Noah. He says, abridged version. Hello, goodbye. Um, it's happening. Bye. Uh, unabridged version. I apologize about my previous comments on Seth's sexuality. So let's do this intro thing again. Top of the morning, humans and Jezebel and Svetlana and Aki and Pantalaimon and Smokey. Uh, you forgot. Uh, by, uh, I don't care if you call me a chick, whatever. I, I don't <laughs> I know. Um, you forgot my other K. You forgot Sunny. What the hell? Um, and you forgot the silverfish. You forgot Seth's pets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I hate you. The TV-less animals should start a podcast of their own. Oh, Aki and Seti don't get along. That might not be so smart. And Smokey does, doesn't shut up, so he'll he'll probably dominate that show. Yeah, he'll be good, though. <laughs> uh, I've been thinking about how similar I am to the TV-less crew. Like Craig, I love Coheed and Cambria and dig most of the games he does. Like Seth, I teared up at Unwound Futures and Diabolical Boxes Endings. Like Chris, I have a dog. I like how I'm defined by the fact that I have a dog. Right, that's about that's all. it. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoy Honker Shakes. Um, my theorem is that, like The Legend of Zelda, I have a future coming up where I have two choices in a situation and another does, that really doesn't make sense but happens anyway. We're very vague here. Let's say that this situation involves defeating a certain person that is terrorizing the universe. The universe itself hangs in the balance. And as a result, I undergo a physical transition when I'm split into three people, each with their own set of skills and sets of weaknesses. One, a Polish male with an afro, has the ability to paint his way out of any situation and uses faces to bargain with the opponent. His fault is his lack of coordination. Another, a Spanish folk from... I don't even know how to pronounce that. Ciudad. Ciudad de 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 Mexico. De Mexico. Uh, so it's pronounced exactly how it looks. Uses his gardening skills to plant man-eating plants to prohibit movement of the enemy. His fault is his sleepiness. The final form, the whitest of the white boys, can bludgeon the enemy with his My Little Pony collection. They can't stand the cuteness. His fault is... Find out next week in the new edition of TV and Timeline. 
It caps it off with, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I need to know what my weakness is. My fault. Angry Orchard. <laughs> Vodka. <laughs> Uh, Confused Batman says, Hello, visual novel lovers and Craig. Uh, that one's pretty apt. Have you ever tried to play a game, but something happened where you weren't able to play it and you just never resumed? Also, sorry I didn't have, uh, I didn't leave input last week. I had to move in. Charter being the shit service that they are didn't come on the install date to be set. Surprise, surprise. Cable company not being awesome? Wow, weird. That sounds like every cable company ever. Right, yeah. I've, I've never heard of Charter, but just with that sentence, I know that they're a cable company. I, that's all you need. <laughs> yep. Um, there are plenty of games I started playing, and I just never resumed for whatever reason. And then it's always it's always a struggle to come back, because then you have to relearn the controls on these controllers that have 14 fucking buttons. And, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, what was I doing? Like, every game should have, like, some sort of log or some arrow pointing you in the right direction, just so you fucking know when you come back. But yeah, I'm sure there's plenty. Like, I get bored of games after probably like 20 or 30 hours, so yeah, yeah there's... One, though, surprisingly, I came back to like half a year later, maybe an entire year later, was uh, Ninja Gaiden on Xbox, and I couldn't beat a fucking boss, so I just gave up and didn't play it. I booted the game up, and I beat the boss like right away after having not played the game for a year. Right on. Yep. Uh, when I was playing Eternal Darkness on the GameCube, um, I got a couple hours in, and then my memory card was corrupted, so I could not continue. And it sucks, because I really like that game. Are you sure that wasn't a sanity effect? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Although my memory card works now, so maybe it was. I think so. Um, you just deleted your game for no reason. Yeah. I've been, I've been meaning to go back to that, but... For some reason, I haven't. So maybe I will I'm someday. afraid. I'm afraid if I go back to that, I, it won't be as good as I remember it being. Yeah, everybody says it's really good, but then I've also heard that it doesn't hold up as well as know, some I people like might it. have hoped. So, I mean, I loved it, but I haven't played it since it came out. Yeah, no, I have. I still like it. I don't. Still good. I th- I think so. I mean, I don't know. There really isn't any other game like it. Um. Yeah. God, I'm pretty sure that game like killed my GameCube's uh, laser reader though, because it just loads nonstop. It's like just constantly loading in the background everywhere, so that you don't get load screens. Mm-hmm. But I could just hear the disk drive going on that thing the entire time I play. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's also happened with every other game I have ever played. <laughs> not the memory card, but just stopping and not finishing it. Yeah, yeah. And you can hear the GameCube too. I mean, it ain't no Dreamcast, but. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I like Animal Crossing because, like, that thing spins up once and then, like, it's just... It, it, it yeah, the entire, the entire thing is loaded, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. the entire game goes right into the... You could open up the lid, take the game out, put it back in the case, and put it on the shelf and still play. And I, it loads, like, once again, every hour to play, like, a theme song for whatever... It's, like, load up the new hours theme song oh, and it yeah. just goes silent again. So, yep. That game's awesome. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt my poor GameCube. <laughs> Uh, Michael says, hey, Shrek lovers and Seth, what would the Wii U have to do to make it your primary system this gen? I'd love to see achievements, but other than that, I'm sold. Needs games. Games? Yeah, games, games. would be good. Games, that's it. Uh, Cole says, hello, listeners that make douchey comments about Seth. Hello, Craig. Hello, Chris. And yes, Seth. Um, <laughs> what's, what's happening? Uh, what's your thought? This is... Cold. What is, are your thoughts? There yeah, that's a wrong. Your and you need. What to are you? Our thoughts. Yeah. Uh, sorry, pick on you, Cole. 
Uh, what's your thoughts on the current state of the Vita library? It feels as though I'm one of the only people that's really satisfied so far. The 3DS has Super Mario 3D Land, while the Vita has Sly 4 and Little Big Planet. Uh, the 3DS Kid Icarus, uh, 3DS Kid Icarus, while the Vita has Gravity Rush. 3DS Mario Kart, while Vita has Wipeout. I really don't think the libraries are that different, and I even say that I'm starting to lean more towards Vita. It's more fun. Um, I completely disagree. <laughs> um, I, I just think the, the 3DS library... I mean, the 3DS is bound out longer, to be fair. Um, but it's, it's sort of resting on its own laurels, I think, a lot, a lot better. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, when you look at this here, I mean, like, Wipeout was a launch game that's been a while since. Sly 4 is a cross-buy. Um, Gravity Rush is an exclusive game. Little Big Planet, I don't know, I haven't played it, and I have no interest in playing it. I just, um, what is that, like, the fourth Little Big Planet in, like, what, five years? Uh, no, no interest, but, um... Yeah, you know, it does. I, I've never said that it hasn't had games. I just think that it relies very heavily on ports and cross buys. And, you know, Sony's like, you get your PlayStation 4, you can remote play in your Vita. They're just relying too heavily on everything but actually making games for it, mm-hmm. um, like new games for it. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's cool that you're happy with it. I'm not unhappy with it. I just wish there was more original stuff on there. I'm looking forward yeah. to Muramasa right now. It's a port. I'm looking forward to yet another port. The last game I bought, the last retail game I bought was a port. It was Dead or Alive. It's just that's all that's on there. I, I like that Muramasa is a port with DLC characters. All the new stuff is DLC. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Here's your Wii game. If you want the new stuff, you have to pay for that too. Um, yeah, no, that's a shame. But that's yeah. that's really what's on. Like the last. Um, uh, let's see. I downloaded Thomas Was Alone. That's another port. It's a, it's a PC game. You now it's great that P- that a lot of these indie developers are, are developing for it, and I get to play games that I wouldn't otherwise play because some of them don't have map conversions. Um, but that's that's what the Vita is heavily reliant on, and that's why it's really just not selling so well here in the West, and, and especially I mean the price factors into that too. But I, adver- I like never see advertising for this thing. I don't see a lot of advertising for the 3DS either, to be fair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but Vita obviously needs it. I don't know. Well, that's, I don't know. It does. Yeah, No, it needs a price drop. Yeah, it does. And those memory cards especially. Yeah, the memory cards especially. Because the, the Vita system itself, you can make an argument that is it is worth like 250 or whatever. And I actually wouldn't disagree with that. It totally is. But the public's not biting. And people that are aware that you have to pay 250 plus another, I don't know, another $50 to have a reasonably sized memory card... It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes, basically you're walking out with a $300 system without any games. Who, who wants to do that? Right. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Cole's post, I mean, I think he's got, at least in that post, it's a pretty good comparison. I mean, it's like, okay, they, but they both have some pretty good games. But yeah. that that's about the 75% of the Vita's library. You know, right. there's like one or two more good games, you know. Right. Whereas the 3DS seems to have quite a bit more. Just, just this year surface, alone, so. like, I, I just, what, I got Luigi's Mansion, Soul Hackers, Etrian Odyssey, uh, Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Vita can't step to that. And I don't say that as, like, like schoolyard, like, uh, system wars. I wish it could step to that. I really, I mean, I paid for the system. I wanted to step to that. But it just, it can't right now. It doesn't. Right. Francois says, bonjour, Craig, Seth, and the quiet boy. I often make the sweet love to my lover whilst I play the video games late at night. So my question to you, Twa, is have you ever made the sweet love to your lover whilst playing the video games? Merci from a former French-Canadian fan, Francois. 
Uh, no. We, we could look up IP addresses, by the way. This guy li- lives in, like, Central California. Well, maybe that's why he's former French he's Canadian. He's former French Canadian. I, I guess, okay. <laughs> Unless he doesn't like us anymore, he's a former fan. That was lower than I was like, I think it was LA. Yeah, he's I don't a know. former French Canadian fan. He's no longer a fan. <laughs> that's, that's a good point, Chris. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't even know what that means. He used to like French Canadians, but. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have never done that, no. Yeah, no. I have not done this either. That's, that's I've, I've dropped video games. For, for sex, but yeah, never, uh, never, just the opportunities never, like right now I'm just picturing George from Seinfeld where he like starts making sandwiches and watching TV. <laughs> <while he's- laughs> oh man. I, you know, I, um, you know, it's going to sound really bad. I don't think I've dropped video games for sex, but I don't think I've been in the position to have to drop them. For sex. <laughs> That's like, I tend to play when like no one else is around. So it's like, it doesn't inconvenience people. Or whatever, yeah, I, so. I don't know if I have dropped video games for sex, but I absolutely would. Right. Yeah. No, it's this video. Game, that's fine. Let me find a save point, hon. I'll be right there. <laughs> just don't should, it, just like that. Nope. You should just cross your arms and be like, L- listen, baby, it's either both or nothing. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have like the ability to concentrate on two different things. Anyway. This is true. I can't, I, I told you, I can't even like listen to music and do other shit at the same time. So just yep. would not work. And and I got to be honest, the the sex would win. So <laughs> video game gets dropped. <laughs> uh, Helsinki rocks. Hello, Seth. Since this is Sethception, I don't want to be a Seth. Uh, I'm well. I don't know. I'd be okay with it. Um, hello, Seth. and Seth. Two questions. Thought uh, I uh, thought I'm sure one will. Th- no, them is pretend there's no tea. Oh, uh, though I'm sure one. This one will be discussed. One was discussed, which is why I'm asking two. I'm just no, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just trying to piece it. I try I, two questions. I'm sure one will already be discussed. Which that's is what I'm thinking. Like he's, he's saying it was discussed. Yeah, yeah. I tr- I usually try to cover up the grammar and stuff when when people. I try not to throw anyone under the bus, but that I couldn't piece that together. And did you not have your vitamin B12 today? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I did. Um, ah. One. This is a Macedonian question. Uh, why are people acting like Nintendo isn't doing an E3 conference? Because uh, they're not. They're, I mean, they'll be at E3, but they're not doing it. They're not renting a theater and stuff. Um, but then maybe people didn't read past that is the problem. Uh, they're still doing things for the press and retailers at E3, and we'll still have booths displaying games. Yep. Uh, Nintendo Direct does this job easier and at their own leisure. Yep. I mean, people... Uh, who would have watched the Nintendo conference will be the ones watching the directs. People who don't care wouldn't watch either way. Like I said, it's not true. Casual fans will just see the, the new the news online anyway. Because, I mean, the casual – like when you talk about like the mainstream audience, they're going to get their news from more mainstream sources. They're not going to Kotaku or Joystick, and that's um, the problem. Uh, it's like in the old days before the explosion of social media. Journalists are already tweeting everything as it happens. It's up on news sites within minutes of announcement. Uh, I've already had fanboys telling me Iwata's been CEO of NOA for a few days, and he's already run it into the ground. Yeah, that was Gaff. Um, they wanted Gaff wanted Iwata out, and I'm like, and then yeah, they, funny, did. they They were like right before this announcement, right before they were before the end of the fiscal year uh, report. They're like Iwata's gonna go, and then Iwata's like, "Psych, bitches! I'm from CEO of NOA." <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they were like, "What?" I know. Oh, that was hilarious. That was good. Suck it, Gaff. Um. And the classic Nintendo is dying. 
anyway, the other is simpler and not game. Is there was there a question in there? Well, I guess there was a couple questions, but we already talked about that. Uh, anyway, the other is simpler and not gaming related at all, which is fine. Uh, thoughts on Seinfeld? For me, it would be the greatest television show ever conceived. Uh, it's not my favorite show, but I do really enjoy. It. I mean, as far as like the standard like twenty-two minute sitcom goes, it's tough to beat. It's tough to beat Seinfeld. This is one of the few sitcoms that has a laugh track that I don't mind that has a laugh track. Right, right. I mean, it, it almost fits this surreal universe that Seinfeld t- takes place in, you know? Yep. And I can't tell if, like, Jerry is supposed to be, like, extremely not funny in his stand-up in the show, or if that's, like, his <laughs> real material. <laughs> like, the show itself is hilarious, but his stand-up is so bad in the opening and closing of it. I'm like, is this, like, supposed to be part of the meta joke where he's just a really horrible comedian? Or I don't know. I have no idea. I've never figured this out. Uh, I got the series on DVD. I kind of want to watch it again, though. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not a super huge fan of it, but I like it. I have the series on DVD, too, so my my wife likes it a lot more. I didn't watch it when it was first on, so I don't know if maybe it's because I watched it later, but I do like it. I didn't really like it when it was first on. Um, I didn't dislike it or anything. It just wasn't, um, I don't know, it didn't jive with me. I was watching, like, Simpsons and stuff back then, you know? Yeah, I yeah, loved The Simpsons back then. I didn't watch it until it started going into syndicated reruns, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah well, well, yeah, well past that. Yeah, and then really, I became a big fan of it on DVD. It was like the the series set was like super cheap on Amazon or something. So that's like, when I got it too. Like I'll jump on this. But I like I like it. It's just like three people who are just awful human beings, like so horrible that they have nobody to hang out with but themselves, and then they're like dumb friend who lives next door. I know. Yeah, <laughs> he's the only decent one of the bunch. Yep. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Games of War. Uh, if this is Games of War, Games of War, this is a uh, fellow YouTuber. Uh, sup, fellow's been listening uh, quite a bit. First time comment. Uh, with the way EA has been getting voted worst company, uh, when you look back in the 16-bit days, they're pumping out games like uh, the Mutant League series, football and hockey games, uh, like Road Rash, Desert Strike series. Fatal Rewind, yeah, this must be Games of War. He's, he's the only other person who have knowledge of this shit. <laughs> General <laughs> Chaos, Skitchin. Okay, done. Do you guys personally feel that EA is lost and never to come back? What other game devs, uh, puts, gives an example, Capcom, Konami, that have been around since the beginning, do you think have lost their way in terms of game development, original ideas, and management? Um, you know, I was actually thinking about this, too, because EA actually, you know, I, I recently picked up Beetle Adventure Racing, uh, for my flea market hall, that, that was also an EA game, and I can't really see them doing anything like that now. Um, I think it's a matter of the era that we live in, at least uh, plays part in that. It's you know, especially when you factor in like Capcom, Konami, these these Eastern devs that are trying to appeal to Western tastes. And when we say East and West, you know, East is really just the one small island nation of Japan versus the West, the entire rest of the fucking world. It's really hard for those companies to really. Uh, appeal to those tastes to to all those buyers. It, it, it is, and it's unfortunate because I like Japanese games, and I and I'm actually you know I do like some Western games. I don't dislike them, but it's just not my preference. And seeing them trying to appeal to that audience really is frustrating because it's like you are the only country that are making these kinds of games. You, that's it. Appeal to your niche. Restructure if you have to. Do but stop trying to do things that you're not good at. Um, you know, and with EA and probably other publishers, it's a matter of making money uh these games need to sell a bajillion copies they have to appeal to such a wide audience to to break even and the audience has come to expect bigger 
um, more noisier games over the years and to, uh, you know, make money on that, they just have to um, make the most um, accessible kinds of games. And a lot of times that ruins the appeal that the original games had. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's true too. Uh, so, I mean, you have Activision doing that and uh, EA does it, you know, they're trying to appeal to the widest possible. It's funny because people call like Wii Sports Resort casual games, but then I look at something like Assassin's Creed, I'm like, what do you call that? Like that's, I mean, that's basically designed to be as mass market as Wii Sports Resort is just for, you know, different kinds of people. Right. It, it is just as mass market if you ask me, but um, that's what those were designed for. They're designed to appeal to as many people as possible and, you know, jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing. And they're just trying to sell games and they're trying to I make that. A- Go on. I had made a post on a, on a message board, like as a jokingly taking over EA, and I like listed most of these games that uh, he's talking about, and I totally miss those games from EA, like so much. Like yep. the stuff EA puts out now, I just don't give a shit about. No, nope. and and they tried, like especially under John Richitello, um, you know, they they he tried, but you know, in some cases they didn't sell. Like people go gaga over Mirror's Edge, but apparently that game didn't sell that well, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Dead Space kind of became a dude bro game, but it was yeah. unique, at least initially. Uh, and I got to give them props for releasing another Alice. Yeah, you know, it, mm-hmm. you know, they're not completely lost. Activision occasionally does something cool too. Like Skylanders is obviously being milked now. Um, they come out, you know, with the console versions and the handheld versions. So it's basically two Skylanders games plus all the fucking figures every year now. Um, but Skylanders is a pretty novel idea. Uh, so th- you, you know that shit was designed to be milk from the beginning. Oh, abso- though, Craig. oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but I mean, I'll give credit where credits due. It, it was that both games were very fun. They were very different. I bought both the console and the 3DS versions. I bought a number, a few of the figures. I didn't buy like all of them. I just bought basically one from each element, and um, and uh, I had fun with it. I didn't buy the giants, and I don't know if I'll buy the next one, but. You know, they occasionally come out with these these ideas, but... Um, you know. I, I think... Well, I think Activision's MO is to come up with the new ideas until it's run into the ground, and then you come up with the with the next new idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people call that, like... I've heard people say, like, oh, Activision's just, you know, playing smart business by running these into the ground while they're still profitable. And I'm thinking, like, no, that's very short-sighted. That's not good business, being short-sighted like that. I mean, I'm sure it's... It's making. I mean, as long as as long as they keep coming up with, as long as they have something new in the pipeline, that's true. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they had they had Tony Hawk for a while, and then when that fizzled out, they had Guitar Hero, and now they have Call of Duty. As long as they have the next big thing, they're fine. But when it comes to that point where they don't have that, I don't know what's going to happen. And it's just, I mean, it's just sad to see. Like as a consumer, it's kind of I don't know. It is, but you know, we got to We got to You know, you got to understand. Like we're not. I, I think that they could probably put put out like some like I mean could a new road rash like ro- a new road rash does not have to be a triple A production. They could hypothetically put out a new road rash inexpensively and and appease fans of that series because the last road rash came out in two thousand one on the Game Boy Advance and nobody played it. Um, I wasn't a fan of the um, of the three D road rashes like the Genesis games I liked a lot I. I played uh one on the N64. I didn't like that game at all. I you know, I like the N64 one but that one is first of all it's an ugly game. And the tracks are too open and wide. Um but I used to play that I used to play the hell out of that one because the animations are hilarious, especially when you stick like your bat or whatever like in the spokes of the person's bike and they <laughs> boom they launch out and they go fl- I used to love doing that to my brother and my sister. 
Um, so I mean, I have fond memories of, of the N sixty four one, but I know what you're saying. It's not a, it's not a great version. Um, the appeal, like I don't know, the appeal's different. That's true. I mean, but I mean, a new Road Rash could even be a downloadable game. Like it could be a handheld game. There are ways to do this. It's just for some of these companies, they feel like every game has to be like this big four hundred person triple a blockbuster production and and it doesn't especially if you're because because road rash is not going to appeal to a wide audience it could but it's probably not going to it's going to appeal to you know old, old old timers like us and you don't need to make an expensive production you just need to make a good production with that i'm surprised there's not like just other companies making a road rash like game I there mean, is it, there's a kickstarter for one and i forget what it's like road redemption or something like that is there that, yeah all yeah. right yeah. yeah, because I mean, it's just it's just motorcycle racing with like some combat in there. It's not like you need an IP for that. So. Right? Um, yeah. yeah, no, there is. I think it's called Road Redemption, if I'm not mistaken. And there's a Kickstarter for it, and it sounds like it could come to consoles, like downloadable ones. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it's a shame. But I think it's a combination of trying to make money and trying to appeal to modern tastes. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago. I think it was EA that came out with NBA Jam. So, I mean, hopefully they could do something That's like that true. with some of those other older sell, franchises. Though? I but... don't know how that did. Because it wasn't like a Wii version. It was like an Yeah, they had a Wii, Wii version, and then I think it came out later on, like, uh, XBLA and PSN. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know how successful it was, but maybe maybe that's why they're not doing this. But I'd like to think it's possible since it happened with that. Right on. Uh, let's see, there's some in-conversation here. Uh, Garrett says, hey guys, I just heard of a downloadable game for the Vita called Thomas Was Alone, and I wonder if you had any thoughts, heard of the game before. Um, you know, I was gonna, I, I'm not gonna, I was, uh, I was gonna hold off to talk about this next week, because I didn't play enough of it. Um, I played a little bit of it on the Vita. Uh, it came out, I think, last year on PC. Um, it seems interesting, there's like a little narration going on, like, I've only played through some of the earlier levels, you're like this little red square, like that's your character, and you kind of just jump around uh, and get to the exit. I, I've seen the I've seen the trailer, and it, it involves like switching between different squares that have different abilities. Like later on, is like just, I don't know, becoming friends and working through your weaknesses and strengths or whatever. Um, but there's some narration going on too, and it seems like it would be interesting. But the thing is, like I have to like not finish the level; I have to like stop because the narration's talking. Because the, these earlier levels take, like, two seconds to complete. They're just sort of trying, like, this is how you jump and, and shit. And so you have, like, this narration, like, talking, like, Masterpiece Theta. And, like, um, <laughs> I can't, I just have to stand there and wait for him to stop talking because it's way longer than the level is. They should have, whoever, I think it was, like, one dude who made the game. You probably should have uh, tinkered with that a little bit more. But um, it seems pretty neat so far. And what I found from the trailer looks pretty cool. So uh, I'm, I'm going to be playing more of that. Um, also, what do you guys think of Friends? It's my favorite TV show of all time, and I wonder if you guys liked it too. No, I do not. Um, I've been on the set of Friends. Actually, I will post a picture of me on the Friends couch. <laughs> uh, in this, in the show notes for 116. Yeah, no, I've been on the set. That set for Central Perk is tiny. Like, there's, like, no room, and it's amazing what they filmed in there, because it's super small and super cramped, and the lights are hot as hell. Uh, Friends was awful. No, <laughs> <laughs> like it's I, like one. It's one step above everybody loves Raymond. I mean, yeah. Ooh, that's cold. Yeah. Oh 
I have not watched enough of it to make a claim, but I guess that maybe says something about how much I liked it. I don't know. Yeah, I did not like Friends. Uh, had Jennifer Aniston though. She's she's cute. So they were all kind of cute. All the all the female leads were pretty cute. Yeah, but and Matthew Perry, you can throw him on there too. Jennifer, I like Matthew Perry. So, I don't know, but no, that show, the problem with the show is that it's, like, too relationship-heavy in between all the jokes and stuff, and also all the jokes are, like, very mainstream and not, yeah, but, no, but, I'm, uh, yeah, whatever. Good news, everyone, I won that copy of Dewey's Adventure, I wasn't even watching, I forgot all about it, I just saw the email pop up, $3.75, it would have been three twenty-five, but Seth's a butthole. (laughs) (laughs) What a dick. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. It's all good. It's it's you know what? It was funny. We got a laugh. A- it. it was worth fifty cents for the laugh on the podcast. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see here. Some more in conversation. Uh, clock blockers. Hello, men in the miserable pile of secrets. Well, we learned we learned today that Seth has had sex. That's more than he's ever discussed ever before on this podcast. Oops, I, I've divulged too much information. <laughs> He's human, everyone. <laughs> That's a surprise. Um, here are some Nintendo Club codes, my tree. Are these for us or for the listeners? I think they're European anyways, because he goes on to talk about finding a game gift card, and we don't have game in the U.S. Oh, that might be true. I got these from I got these from some 3DS games I picked up. The, those games being Virtue's Last Reward, Cave Story, Rhythm Thief, and Resident Evil Revelations. Uh, I don't have a 3DS, but the price is right. I'll be buying one soon. And I, I found a gift card from Game in the Snow a couple of months ago and picked up a sealed copy of Rogue Galaxy. Have you guys ever had similar experience? No, I never found a gift card. No. But mm. I, did, I, did, I did have a copy of Rogue Galaxy. It, it was sealed, and, and um, I enjoyed that game. No. Nope. It's like nope. a cross between Skies of Arcadia and Star Ocean. It's pretty badass. Sounds awful. <laughs> I mean, it sounds badass. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I don't know if you can use these codes. You know, we'll throw these codes up in the show notes for episode 116 if you want to pick them apart like vultures, go for it. Because I don't think we can use those. Oh my god, King Azam went ape shit on this episode. Jesus <laughs> Why Christ. is he King Azam now, by the way? I, I, didn't, we call, didn't I call him King Azam? I hope not. I, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> uh, King Azam says, Hey guys, you need help. I bought a PS3 a little over a year ago, and I'm really happy with it, but with PS4 coming this holiday, I have no idea if I should buy one or not. Freezer, first reason why I don't want to buy a PS4 at launch is because there's still plenty of games that I want to play on PS3, and the second reason is because almost every third-party game is coming to PS3 and PS4. A couple of examples are Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, Black Flag Battlefield 4, Destiny, and Watch Dogs. There are rare exceptions like uh, Thief 4 and The Witcher 3, which are next-gen only, but I just can't say. I mean, you waited this long to get a PS3. What makes you think you won't want to wait as long to get a PS4, you know? And like you said, you have a backlog of great and probably inexpensive games to play, so... Um, I would focus on that and laugh at us early adopters. Yeah. Well said. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's no problem with following a system, like, even a couple years behind. You could just get games for so much cheaper. You're not up to date with all the newest stuff that everybody else is talking about, but it will save you a lot of money. And you also have another console to concentrate on right now anyway, with yeah. the PS3. Um, sound device I will never follow, so... 
King Azam posts once again, it's official, Microsoft have awakened from their ancient slumber and decided to reveal their next-gen console on May 21st. What do you guys think is going to happen to Microsoft if the rumors are true? I, I have a little theory to always online. I have a feeling that Microsoft are going to make Xbox Live a requirement for the next-gen Xbox, so you're going to need Xbox Live. One thing that worries me is that Microsoft have very little games. They released a Halo game six months ago and a Gears of War game a month or two ago, so what games are they going to show off other than Call of Duty? Um, there's been some rumors. I mean, they'll probably show off Destiny. Um, they'll probably show off some, maybe even Halo 5, uh, because 343 is working on a new trilogy, Halo 4 being the beginning of that. Um, I just heard that they have Rare working on something. That's as well. what I heard too, and that would be nice as long as it isn't fucking Connect Sports 3 or whatever yeah. the fuck. Because, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the talent's gone from Rare, but I'm sure that studio can pick up the mantle and do something that's not that crap. That would mm. be awesome. Um,. I mean, I don't know what they'll show. They'll probably show something, some shooter. They'll probably show some family-friendly game. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Rare's doing something rare-ish. Uh, Destiny. Um, yeah. Craig's hoping for Perfect Dark Zero 2. I would be okay with that, like Perfect Dark. <laughs> yeah. I hope they have some good exclusives to show off, because like you were saying, I mean, I used to really enjoy Microsoft's exclusives, like Alan Wake and Banjo-Kazooie and and crack down on that kind of stuff, and it, there ha- just hasn't been that much lately, so maybe that's because their studios are working for stuff on, on the new system. I don't know. The rumor is Remedy's working on something, uh, mm-hmm. possibly a new Alan Wake, and if that that is that is true, that I would, I'm would i really excited for that. Um, I'm almost a little afraid, because, like, I mean, Alan Wake had to be scaled back to fit the 360, like, it was mm-hmm. an open-world game, and you see that, you sort of see the remnants of, like, an open world in Alan Wake. Uh, you know, the map is, like, a fixed, like, map. It's just your travels through it are sort of segmented and broken apart into, like, levels or missions or whatever. Uh, and there's even parts where you drive cars and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that it was originally an open-world game. I hope they don't make it an open-world game, though, on the next Xbox. Like, I kind of like that it was linear. But I may be in small company. People, the trend seems to be bigger open-world, so. I'm with you. I like Alan Wake the way it was. Yeah. I don't want an open-world game. I love that game. Uh, but, um, as the Xbox Live being a requirement, that might be true, I don't know. There was rumors going around that there's two different SKUs, I don't know if we talked about this already, but, um, uh, one SKU being cheaper, but you had to pay a monthly, you had to pay for, like, you had a, probably Xbox Live, like a monthly fee to keep it going, and that might be part of where the always online came from, um, but then a much more expensive console that wasn't subsidized in that way. And you didn't have to pay a monthly fee. They already did that with the with the three sixty. They did, they did like a, that, yep. Yeah, they did test. How long them, was the so. commitment on that? I, I think it was two it was, years, yeah. like fifteen bucks a month or something. Mm. Yeah, I can see. I can see them doing that. I get that's that would be a really interesting uh, approach. I would not want the subsidized console. I'd probably just buy it outright because that's that's me. But that would be really interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, King Azam goes on to say Microsoft have made a series of mistakes since January. First mistake is that they fell into Sony's trap back in January when Sony said they aren't going to announce before Microsoft and then Sony went ahead and announced the PS4 um, in February. So first mistake Microsoft made is that they didn't announce the next Xbox at GDC. Um, I, I think the only mistake is they just kept silent for so long. They can announce it whenever, but like these rumors are persisting. They have no games coming out, and 
everyone else has played their hand. Microsoft's just not saying anything. I think that was really the only mistake. Uh, I honestly think that's been their biggest mistake so far. And right now, if the rumors are true, then Microsoft are fucked. Things like Always Online are going to hurt Microsoft. And if they only focus on Connect at this conference, then they are pretty much fucked. Well, that's true. If it's Always Online and they're focused on Connect, then yeah, probably. But, um... We will see. That's probably not the case. Yeah, I don't think they could yeah. afford to have that. You can't, like, announce a whole console with just a focus on Connect. That's, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. That's it for all the input. Again, tvmos.net. You can check out the mailbag. Uh, you can post a comment. Um, you know, there's another thing I want to talk about this episode that um, we usually do, but we didn't we didn't get around to this quarter. We talk about games that we're looking forward to in the quarter. I just made a brief little list here. Shit, I totally forgot about this. <laughs> no, nah, that's okay, because I'll probably cover most of your guys' too. Um, but um, we're already through April. We're already through uh, a third of this quarter. Um, and in April, I mean, I was just looking forward to Pandora's Tower and Soul Hackers, which I already have. Um in May, uh, there's two games I'm looking forward to. Uh, Resident Evil Revelations, the console port, comes out on the 21st. Uh, if you if you are interested in that, whether you want to double dip or you didn't play it on the 3DS, uh, as of the time of this podcast, and I pre-order at this price, Amazon has the Wii U version for 40. The other version, yeah, I, the other versions I, are 50. I hit that up as well. I think Newegg has a deal where they're like all the versions are around 40 as well, but you might. Need I think a, you're right. Yeah code with it or something and it's totally worth it. i've seen multiple people complain like why are they charging this much for a handheld game let me tell you something this is not you know they wanted originally my capcom wanted to charge uh fifty dollars for the 3ds yes version. they did and and people are like what this is outrageous this game is feature packed it might as well be a console game number one Number two, it is the biggest 3DS game. It, it was released on the eShop. This thing is 25,000 fucking blocks. It is huge. That is Mastodonian, for those that aren't familiar with the with the blocks. Like, that is, that's like ten times the size of, like, Star Fox. It is a huge, huge fucking game. And that's why Capcom charged more, because they needed a bigger card. They were charging you for the bigger card, not because they were being pompous or arrogant. Same thing with Square Enix on the DS. That wasn't a tax. That wasn't a Square Enix tax. They were charging because their games were huge, and they needed the bigger cards, which cost more money. So this is this is an absolutely massive game. This is not a handheld game that Capcom's charging more. But this is a huge game. It's well worth the price. And if you have a Wii U, $40 is a great price for this game. So definitely jump on that. I would recommend it. Um, and then Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D comes out on the 24th. Which is my birthday. Right on. So that's pretty cool. And you could get that for like 28 bucks on Newegg with the promo code. I post it on my Twitter. But just look up Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D Newegg promo code, whatever. You'll find it for cheaper. And I think the retail price is only 35 which is nice considering most 3DS games have been 40 Mm -hmm. Um, And that game, I I watched the trailer on the eShop. It looks phenomenal. Um, yeah, it definitely looks like it was made for 3D. I mean, switching between the different planes, the background, the foreground, you have different, like, you know, objects, whether it's like the enemies or whatever, coming into the foreground from the background. You have a lot of this um, activity like that, and it just looks great on the 3DS. So I'm really. I'm really and no fucking waggles. So. That, that game had the epitome of waggle. I don't care what anyone says. I usually don't use that term, but that game had the prime example of unnecessary motion controls. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, that was dumb. Um, hampered and otherwise terrific game, so I'm pretty excited for the portable version. 
Um, June has uh, a few games. Um, on the fourth, Remember Me from Capcom comes out, and this is this is one of the most anticipated games for all of this year. I'm I am super hyped for Remember Me. Um, I love the concept. Uh, it is you play um, someone who has amnesia because surprise, surprise, surprise. But this is actually plays into the plot. Uh, it takes place in the near future where people have the technology to record their memories or their dreams or whatever the things that go on in their head and, and save those on media. And so the person you play as, she's had her memories wiped. And uh, this has also led to, um, like, I don't know, like, people who steal uh, memories from people like industrial espionage and stuff like that. Uh, It has some uh, hand-to-hand combat, has some combat in there, and you can learn new moves and stuff. And one of the things that really struck me about this game is that when you deliver, like, a final blow to someone, you knock the memories right out of their head. It is the most jarring, unsettling thing I've ever seen. It's it's way worse than blood, gore, guts. You literally punch them. And, and if you've played Persona 3, it's a bit like when um, you summon a Persona and the, the crystals shatter, the, your psyche shatters out the other side of your head. It's similar to that, but, like, you can see, like, little vignettes, like, inside, like, these squares that shoot out of people's heads. Like, you're literally blasting the memories, who this person is, out of their skull. It's crazy. Um, it's got some platforming. Hmm? It looks janky as shit, though. Like, the animation in this game is, like, amateur hour. It's fucking... It, yeah, yeah. I think I don't <laughs> know what the studio has done before. That's part of, like, the appeal to me. I don't know. It's like... Well, why, to me, too. I, I, I'm like, how is this game being made? How, why is Capcom putting up money to, like, publish this? But, no, I'm sort of happy about it. Um, it has great music and great art direction. Like, I'm really excited for this game. And it does look a bit janky, but I'm I'm okay with jank, so... Uh, it looks really, really cool. And that comes out on the on June 4th. Um, Animal Crossing New Leaf comes out on June 8th. I am super excited for that. I'm almost tempted to like buy the physical copy and then download it as well because that just seems like one of those games that's perfect to have residing on your 3DS. I was thinking about that too, but... We're such it's like assholes. such a waste of money, right? <laughs> so the option is either buy it physical or buy both. Right. Yeah. You guys are suckers. Yeah. I know. I am too, though. <laughs> Not for Animal Crossing, though. <laughs> Just for Metal Gear. Yeah. Um, and let's see here. On June 14th, The Last of Us comes out. And here's the thing. I have the special edition or whatever pre-order for this. That's because one of our listeners, one of our friends, Hugh, phenomenal flea, he, um, he wanted me to pre-order because he didn't think it was coming out in PAL or something like that. So I pre-ordered it for him on Amazon. And he's like, oh, just kidding. Don't need it. And I, I still have a pre-order on Amazon. But the problem is, I don't, I don't understand the appeal of this game. I don't understand. I don't understand what. The, I, is it going to be a bad game? I don't think so. But I don't understand what be, they got good voice acting. Is that why I'm buying this? Like, I don't know. I don't know what this game's for. You get to traverse famous cities, all beat up and post-apocalyptic. Mm. And they say they afford a lot. So it has zombies and post-apocalyptic settings. Wow, that's 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 highly original. I'm totally down for that. And raiders and shit, Craig. There's other humans that are bad. Yeah, there are. Um, I mean, I don't think this is going to be a bad game. I'm just confused as to what the selling point is. The good, the good graphics, the good voice acting. Like, yeah, no, it's certainly. I, a I game, think the but... selling point is from the guys who made Uncharted. I think that's probably it. So, mm. it looks like it might be a decent game, but I don't understand the fervor. So, I saw the pre-order there. Maybe I'll put my money where my mouth is and see what the big deal is. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but that's yeah. June fourth. And then June 25th is Muramasa Rebirth on the Vita that I'm looking forward to. 
and that has like a special edition that comes with I don't know, like a protective shell, some skins, and uh, an uh, like a, a pouch, I think, and an art print. And I think that's fifty or sixty dollars for that. That looks pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, it I, does. I have that pre-ordered as well. I, I didn't finish Mermaid on the Wii. I really enjoyed it, um, but I didn't quite finish it. And the problem what I had was there was there's an easy mode and a hard mode, and they had specific names for the modes. I forget what they were. Um, but the easy mode was way too easy. But I found the hard mode too hard. There was just no... This porridge is just right for that. The game's pretty repetitive. There's a lot of running around. Yeah, and, and beating the shit out of dudes. But it's so fucking pretty. It is. It's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> so, I'm, I, you know, I'm excited to get it again and give it another go, but I just found the game either too easy or too hard for me personally. So, we will, we will see. And that's what I have. Do you guys have... I mean, I'm sure you guys didn't come prepared, but... June 25th is also Project Cross Zone. For uh, 3ds, what's pro- is that? Is that the what is that one? That, that's the Namco, Capcom, whatever. Really? Is it? The, I thought that came out in like August. Uh, Wikipedia says June 25th. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's June 25th. All right, cool. Then I will write that down here. Project Cross. Yeah, I could have sworn that was August or maybe in July, but that's cool. No, it's a pretty decent quarter overall, uh, as far as my tastes personally go. I'm pretty happy. Uh, yeah, there's a couple games like Remember Me, Project Cross, and I have Donkey Kong Country Returns pre-ordered just because I'm stupid. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, there's not a ton. I'm probably gonna be like hitting up eBay for a lot of retro games these uh, next few months. Yeah, I'm probably gonna put some of my money towards fucking those uh Game Boy Color games. Yeah. I'm gonna try to do Super Nintendo. I think if I get like just one like big Super Nintendo game like every couple months, it won't be that bad. Yeah, uh, dude, that's just so painful though. It is. It is like because I want I want Chrono Trigger and that fucking shit's expensive, and I want Final Fantasy three, and that shit's super expensive. Yeah, the RPGs are the worst. Yeah, the RPGs. Yeah. Oh god, they're brutal. Those things are brutal. They're so brutal. Like, luckily, I already have like Super Mario RPG. Speaking of, I'm going through, I got, like, suggestions here on, on, uh, oh, wow. Okay, this is brand new, that's why it's so expensive. On eBay, while I'm paying for my Dewey's Adventure, Super Condomedia. This is, there's a, um, Castlevania Dracula X, which is sort of like this weird adaptation of, um, Rondo of Blood for the Super Nintendo. I think it was called Vampire's Kiss in Europe. This is $777 after 22 bids, reserve not met. But it's God sealed. Damn. It's sealed, and it's funny. There's a still there's a sticker on here, and it's marked down from fifty dollars to thirty dollars. And people are at seven hundred and seventy seven dollars reserved. I hate reserves. I hate reserves. I think they're stupid. Fuck you. The market decides what that thing is worth. You put it up for auction, the market's going to decide. You don't get to decide after that. Fuck you. I don't get the point of reserves at all. Yeah, isn't that the whole point of an auction? So that it goes for whatever it goes for. Right. But they're like, well, just kidding. I really want this. Then do a buy it now or best off. Buy it now or best offer is the best thing that is coming across. People who do buy it now without best offer baffle me because I see their shit cycle through my watch item list all the time. Uh-huh. And it's like, dude, if you just did if you just did best offer on there, I would shoot you a fair offer and you'd get money and I'd get my thing. But both of us are unhappy because you're stupid. <laughs> like 90% of the stuff I've listed on eBay, I just put it up for a penny. Just fucking let that thing price itself. And they usually go for a reasonable price. I've seen most of them will go for, like, the market value. Yep. There are some people that get, you know, lucky, but, you know, usually they go for market value, so. One of them was, like, some wrestling game on Super Nintendo that went for the penny. And I told that person, man, you probably paid too much for this game. <laughs> you paid too much for this. Fantastic. 
Right on. Right on. Um, all right, let's talk about some games we've been playing lately. Um, Chris, why don't you go first? Because I'm going to sure. grab some water. Sounds good. Um, I played some Super Mario World, obviously, on the, the Wii U since the Virtual Console came out, but I don't know how much there is to say about that that people don't already know. Um, Matt, where would you rank Super Mario World uh, amongst your favorite 2D Mario games? Uh, it's probably either number one or number two. I go back and forth between this and Mario 3 as to which I like more. Um, I like them both for different reasons, obviously, but I, I really do love both of them. Super Mario World's my favorite. I think that that's not my favorite 2D platformer, like, ever. That's, yeah, it's my favorite, too. There's just something about, like, the entire world. Like, not even just, like, the individual levels, but the entire world map and everything just, it pulls everything together. And like, that, that game is game. pitch perfect, man. Yeah. That's why I was so excited for New Super Mario Brothers U, which I was hoping was going to kind of replicate that kind of feel. And it, it was good, and it definitely had some of that, but not quite to the same extent, I don't think. Part of, like, Mario World's so good is that the cape breaks the entire fucking game. And <laughs> it's obviously something Nintendo's been trying to avoid with all their other releases, but it just makes the game so much fun that you have that freedom with the cape. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And I love how the cape, you can use it to... Uh, there's a... I, I don't know if it's a glitch or a secret. You can use that in the bonus rooms to get all the one-ups. Can you? Yeah, the ones that... You know the ones where you work your way upward and you have the three blocks and then if you yeah. hit the wrong one? Yeah, yeah. If you use the cape... Um, if you use the cape to spin and hit the side of the blocks from the left side, it doesn't matter. They'll all be circles and you'll get them all. And just keep going up. Bloop, bloop, just spin and hit them from the side. I did not you know, know this. You know what the worst... Is is if you get two circles and then you go to hit the third one, that's obviously going to be a circle, and then and you, you jump miss. Up. And then, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is like ah. Uh. Nope, I hear you. Yeah, but that that is still an absolutely fantastic game. I've, I'm in like World Four. Um, I'm in the the Forest of Illusion and absolutely loving it. Oh, I just even. heard the music in my head. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I um, the main. No, I remember finding, like, Soda Lake in that game, like, so much, like, like probably a year after I had played the game. I was like, I know there's levels missing. I don't have the asterisk. And it was this stupid, it goes down from, like, Butter Bridge or whatever down into mm-hmm. the, to yeah, the lake. Yeah, which I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. That took me gotta, forever You got to gotta ditch Yoshi under the thing. <laughs> yep, yep. Poor Yoshi. But no, and just, like, all the secrets like that. I think they're even more fun. Like, some of the secrets in the new Super Mario Bros. U, they seem, like, too hidden. Yes, yes. Because Super Mario World, they were... A lot of those secrets are... Well, some of those secrets are are difficult, but they're not so difficult that you want to get... Like, I got them when I was a kid, you know? Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And the thing about that game, too, is that they they indicate which levels have secrets. Exactly. That is sorely fucking missing from... Yeah, so you don't waste time in levels that don't have secrets. I agree. Yep. Yeah, because in the new ones, oh, especially, actually, New Super Mario Bros. 2, I was just thinking about this. I had to look some of that shit up. Some of those secret mm-hmm. exits, really, like, cannons or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I have to, yeah, come to think of it. Those, those are, you had to do some strange shit. I had yeah. to ask on Meverse on some of the levels on New Super Mario Bros. U, like, one of the desert levels, like, you have to be mini and just, like, run right into some wall with no indication, and you go through the wall, but you have to be tiny to go through it. I think There's I know what you're like talking that. about, yeah. Yep. Damn. Such a pain. Yep. Um, but the main thing I've been playing this week is freshly picked Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land <laughs> for the DS. Oh my god, this game is fucking bizarre. Um, I need, which I, I was pretty much expected, but 
It is super. Um, I don't even think it's that fun. <laughs> that might be just me. I I don't hate it, but it's. I mean, it's if you're looking for something that's like Zelda, this is definitely not it. No. I mean, I basically bought it, you know, for the collection and also because it's kind of a curiosity. Um, you know, I I, I like it, but I I I don't know if I'd outright recommend it to everyone. <laughs> I single-handedly blame Matt Casamassina for this game not coming to the U.S. Why? I'm pretty sure he told somebody at Nintendo that America does not like Tingle. Well, number one, they don't. Number two, the game's boring. You might, I mean, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it, you know, that's stupid. I mean, if a game comes out, then let people decide whether they want to... I, I want to prevent anyone from playing it, but... Yeah, it's it's uh, no, it, it, I don't hate the game either, but it's not. Uh, it can it can be a slog. Yeah, it's it's weird because I mean, like, there's there's combat, but that is clearly not the focus of the game. I mean, like, you encounter an enemy and just you turn into like a dust cloud, like in a cartoon, and you basically you tap the screen to make it go faster, and you know, so you don't lose as many rupees. But combat is clearly not the focus of the game. Um, there there's like boss battles which are pretty cool. Um, you float around on balloons and toss bombs to the giant monster in, in the first boss battle, which is the as far as I've gotten so far. Um, so that that was pretty cool. But, I mean, the, the main focus of the game is to get rupees, which are pretty much everything to you in the game. You know, your your health is basically rupees. You know, as you get hit by enemies, your rupees go down. Um, you can go into town and, you know, you can buy things. and But to talk to anyone, you basically have to give them rupees. And a lot of the a lot of the people when you talk to them they won't tell you how many rupees right. you need to yeah, give them which is really frustrating. So either you don't give them enough and you you might miss out on something or you you know you end up wasting them which is kind of a pain in the ass. Um and I, I think the the my biggest issue with the game so far is that you know like I said rupees are the focus but there's there's so many different ways to get rupees like you know you can fight enemies um you can bake things or cook things in your your little kitchen in tingle's house um you can find them in in chests in the dungeons and stuff but none of these seem super fleshed out you know there's not like a main the focus of the game is to get rupees but i don't know if i could get more specific than that about what you know the main focus of the game is which is a little unfortunate because it gets boring at times you know none of the none of the components are super super interesting so that's unfortunate but i mean if if you're looking for something that's definitely strange and unique, this is definitely something that's worth checking out. There was, um, a, sing- there was a sequel, but it never came out of Japan. Yeah, that's true. But even a se- I mean, I've seen videos of the third Tingle game, and it just looks so fucking bizarre. I don't know what's going on in it at all. Did yeah, I'm pretty third? sure it's a sequel, but obviously I never played it. I'm assuming, sh- I'm assuming he's talking about Balloon Fight, oh. is the second one. No, oh, well... Because there, there was this I, one, I, I, the sequel, yeah, and there was also Tingle's Balloon Fight. Right. I don't know why I said third. I mean, I did mean second, but oh, okay. yeah, no, uh, a, I have I have Balloon Fight. That's kind of nice. That was a Club Nintendo game in Japan. Right. I want to get that. Yeah, I actually I was on Amazon and there was a seller that had this for like thirty bucks. I don't I don't know if that's reasonable or not, but I mean that's the price of a regular DS game. So I said, what the heck? I think that's that's less than what I paid. I think I paid like I think I yeah. paid forty or fifty on eBay. Mm-hmm. And it was brand new, and it was uh, fulfilled by Amazon, so I had free shipping and everything. So oh, nice, nice, yeah, that's really good. And it works on my DSi XL, so it's not a bootleg. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's it's definitely got a lot of character, whether that's good or bad. I don't know. It does. Um, you know, the gameplay is not as interesting as I might have hoped, but 
it's it's definitely an, an interesting curiosity. I'm definitely glad I picked it out at least for the collection. So, um, but that's that's the only thing I've played new this week that's worth talking about. What about you, Seth? Um, you know, I well, one game I played last week that I totally forgot to talk about is uh, the Typing of the Dead. And is this your first time playing it? It is. It is. Isn't um, it fucking weird, dude? It is awesomely weird. Yes. I like well, the House of the Dead too is already just fucking bizarre, mainly because of the voice acting and story in it, in itself. Right. Yep. And then they just just piled on top of that, like dudes, all the characters instead of guns, they now have like drain casts on their back that are powered by giant batteries, and then they have keyboards in front of them. They're like literally typing. In the game, as yeah. you're typing, yeah, the keyboards are like zombies. over there. They comes over their shoulders, and they got it like right there on their chest. And they just, yep. Like, it's this was and, actually an arcade game. Like it was actually an arcade game with a full keyboard. Yeah, I've seen so the, weird. Uh, in Japan, is it in English or Japanese? Are the words English or Japanese? Do you know? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know the game wasn't released in Europe. We only got we did get it here though. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Because I know. Uh, I know, like, the Pokemon typing game. I'm pretty sure that's in English even in Japan because it's supposed to, like, help you. Well, it's in English, but they use the Japanese names of the Pokemon, which makes it a goddamn pain in the ass. <laughs> I don't even know their English names, let alone their Japanese names. You're all like, that's Jigglypuff. Oh, what the fuck's a Purin? I don't Purin, know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, I was playing this game with my nephew because we actually have two Dreamcast keyboards from back in the PSO days. And uh, it's pretty fun, but... Uh, well, first of all, like those old keyboards, I'm not used to like the keys are like so raised. I'm used to like flat keyboards now, where the keys are all you know. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're like huge buttons. Like each button yep. is like a mountain in itself. They're big, and I have to like type on my lap, which isn't easy. Um, but I also hate that if you're halfway through the word, like typing on one zombie, and a different zombie starts coming at you, you have to like finish that word. You can't start typing the other zombie's word that's underneath them to kill them. So that gets kind of hard. You have, really have to prioritize from the start on what word you're going to start typing. And also, like, these words are very suggestive uh, as they're going through. I noticed, let's see, there's, like, fetish, in the sack, uh, frilly underwear or frilly panties or something. <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> two, two at once. Like, I, I don't know. It's just... Wow. Exact, exactly. Exactly. And I was, I was so... That part is uh, just added added hilarity to the game. But I, apparently I'm not very good at typing. I couldn't beat the uh, third boss where it, like, asks you questions. Like, some of them, it's not straight typing words. Like, one of them is like, who lived in 1740? And you get, like, Shakespeare and, like, Richard Nixon. And you have to, like, type one of their names really fast. And but <laughs> I don't think uh, it was either of them. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Um, but, no, I'm kind of glad I bought this game just because it's so fucking weird that I needed to own it. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about the Tingle game. Yeah. Uh, what else? Also, well, I've mostly been playing uh, Namco Cross Capcom on the PS2. And it is a it's a turn-based strategy game, like Picture Fire Emblem. It's basically that. But once you start a battle, um, you it's like a side-scrolling fighter almost, but with really basic commands. Like, it's just a circle button and then a direction, and then you get a move that comes out. So, uh, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
It, it, like you pretty much just like hit directions and you, you hit directions, you match circle, and then that's how you fight enemies. And then like eventually their turn will come around and you fight as well. Like the main appeal of this game is just the crossover aspect. And that's why I keep playing it because it's really awesome to see like the chick from uh, Dino Crisis like teaming up with Shen Ko from, from Darkstalkers and like just teaming up to do super moves. With some B, it has some B fucking list characters in there. Like the Re- Resident Evil characters in this game are from Resident Evil Gun Survivor Four. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> like, Jeez. I didn't, I didn't even know there were four Resident Evil Gun Survivor Me games. Neither. Me neither. So I was like, oh, and then a lot of the Namco things are like from their 1980s arcade games that I don't even know if they got released in the US. Like stuff like um, Wonder Momo and Bravo Man and uh, fucking what else was there? Like, I had to, like, look up where these characters are from because I just had no idea. Um, God, I can't think. Uh, Tower of Druaga or something? That's oh, one yeah. of the... It's, like, one of the main bad guys is from that. The story is, like, fanfic stuff. Like, all these, like, war poles opening up in the universes, and they're called Quakes, and there's, like, five different worlds, and people are just coming all together, and then there's bad guys who are... might not be working together, might be working together, might be back stabbing each other in their little deals. I have no idea what's going on. Like the sword from soul caliber soul edge plays a big part in this. I have no idea what, uh, but it's just total fan fiction stuff, but I'm loving it. I love it for some damn reason. It's so bad. And I just can't get it up. I'm like, Oh, Ken and Ryu or, or hanging out with, uh, with, uh, fucking the dude from tech. And I can't think of his name King. And uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's horrible stuff. I don't know how to explain this game. It's like I keep playing it. I it's a boring game, but I love it at the same time. The fan translation is abysmal, by the way. Like I've never seen a, like a fan translation as bad as this. I played eighteen hours. There's probably been like ten sentences that have had nothing wrong with them. <laughs> like literally every sentence will like maybe it doesn't have a period. Maybe the grammar is completely wrong. It's just horrible. I could understand it enough, I guess, but it's it's easily the worst fan translation I've ever seen. And like a lot of the stuff, like Japanese wordplay jokes, they just translate them literally, so they make absolutely oh, no sense. Yeah. yeah, so like there's one like where all of a sudden like they're I don't know having some banter with some bad dudes, and then some chicks all like you might say it's tax day, and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's a joke in Japan somewhere. I'm sure there was something where you got to tax day, but I don't know what that means. Oh, my God. So it's, I don't know, but it's kind of fun. It's, it's fun and it's awful at the same time. It sounds like you have to derive your own fun from it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Uh, like, I barely beat chapter 10 or something, and I'm, like, 18 hours in. Like, each each level takes, like, over an hour. The last level I did took, like, two hours. So it's Jeez. it's, yeah. It's, it's fucking got some weight to it. I think there's like something like 40 chapters too, so I don't know what I'm going to do here. But that is what I have been playing. All right. Well, I got a few things here. Uh, I played um, – I've been playing – you know, I, I actually don't talk about a lot of games that I, I, I play uh, on the show. But um, I've been playing uh, Castlevania, Lords of Shadow Mirror of Fate off and on since it came out. And my initial reaction was like, you know, this is this is all right. This isn't bad. I'm 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 okay with it. But actually, the more I play it, the more I really like it. The more I think it's actually uh, pretty damn good. Um, it's not it's not the DS Castlevania. I would prefer something more like that. 
Uh, I adore like Portrait of Ruin. That's my favorite DS game. But um, uh, well, Castlevania DS game. But uh, you know, this in its own right is actually pretty darn good. Uh, I do, I do. I've been enjoying it more. Um, I also I picked up uh, I picked up Bionic- uh, before you go. I, I, the reason I started up Lords of Shadow on PS3 was because of the of the DS demo. I actually liked it a lot, and I was like, well, I sort of want to see how it got to this point. But, like, even the demo I ran through twice, the first time I was like, oh, this is all right. And the second time I ran through the demo, I was like, this is actually kind of fun. So I think it's maybe one of those games that grows on you. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's a there's definitely a burn to it. Um, and, uh, I mean, I just don't know what it is. I just know something – I don't even want to say something clicked because it sounds like it happened suddenly. It just, it just took a little bit more time to grow on me uh, and uh, – I mean, it helped that I was okay with it at first, you know? Like, if I really didn't like it, I don't think more of the game would have changed my mind. But mm-hmm. the fact that I was okay with the demo and initially playing the game helped. And just the more I play it, the more I like it. I don't I don't actually want to quit playing. It's been off and on. I haven't been sitting down and playing, like, three hours at a time or anything. But I actually don't want to stop playing it, even off and on. So uh, that's worth something, I think. Is, is yeah, it a hard game? Like a good sign. Is it a hard game? Because, like, even... In the in the demo, like the first like mini boss that they throw at you, that dude like killed me pretty damn fast. Yeah, it can be hard. I mean, you really do. Some of the bosses can be real dicks because they have crazy attacks, and you really only chip away their health. But most of the bosses are multi-phase, and the game won't make you refight the entire boss. It'll mm-hmm. it'll just bring you back to you know the halfway point or one of the phases or at the beginning of one of the phases or whatever. Um, so they, yeah, they can be pretty tough. But they don't screw you completely. Some of the fights are pretty tough too. I mean, in general, it, it, there's a lot of emphasis on the combat in this game, and uh, you know, you really do have to put uh, the different moves you have to good use. Mm-hmm. So it can be tough. I, I mean, I think the only times I've ever died have been at bosses, but I've come close. Uh, you know, they have the the healing wells or whatever in this game, but you know, I've been pretty low on health where I've had to search one of those out. But I think the only time I've ever died has been at a boss. I see. Does it have, like, the same magic system? Like, can you get health by using white magic then beating up enemies? Um, I think you get that. I don't think you get that with the first character. I know with Alucard you do if you use white magic. If you turn on white magic, like, with the first character, white magic, I think he's a Belmont. Um, white magic protects you. Um, so it'll take, it'll absorb all blows, uh, but it'll chip away your magic instead. The dark magic attacks for you. So, like, it'll be, like, one of those part. like, it's really helpful. Like, the first time you use it is, like, when you're trying to, like, uh, hit one of those hand cranks or whatever. You have to mash B to open a door, and it'll, like, basically cover you while you're doing that. So they actually do different things for different characters. With Alucard, if you have white magic equipped, you turn into mist, and you can dodge through enemies or dodge through doors and that does actually regain health for you, if I'm not mistaken. I hate mashing shit to open things. Oh, like, God, the worst, I hate that. The worst is when you get to, like, a chest. It's like, mash it to open. Okay, yeah. it's a fucking chest. What the hell? <laughs> Just to open it. That's, God of War started that shit. Fucking mashing to open chests. Don't like it. Don't like it either. Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's un- It's unnecessary. It really is. Like... I just there's nothing around this chest. There's nothing. Why do I have to mash this? It's not. There's no drama or sense of tension here. Just don't. Exactly. It's not like making me feel like oh, this is. I'm opening a chest. Is this no? Just fucking <laughs> let me hit the button and hold something above my head. Yeah. Right on. Um, I played. I picked up Bionic Commando and Dark Dark Void. Is that what it's called? Uh, these yeah. these Capcom failure double feature. 
Um, <laughs> they're like three or four dollars a piece. I haven't played Dark Void yet, uh, but I did play some Bionic Commando. It's actually not bad. It's really like the story's stupid and really cheesy and overbearing because it doesn't really need a story. And um, the weapons so far like lack any punch. The weapons are really kind of lousy. But the whole sense of like grappling on things and getting used to like the sense the physics and the sense of inertia and then letting go and then grappling onto something else, it's really, really cool. Like it's actually fun and the game's really not that bad. Um, one of the things it does, it has invisible walls to kind of keep you reeled into like where you're supposed to go kind of. Um, uh, you can explore a little bit, like there's a little bit of freedom, but beyond that, like it'll throw up like radioactive areas. So you start going into it and you hear like, I don't know, like a Geiger counter clicking and like a radioactive symbol appears on the screen. If you don't get the hell out of there, like you die. And, um, uh, Guillaume, what podcast does he do now? Like Nintendo World Report or something like that. Radio Free Nintendo. Radio Free Nintendo. Thank you. And he, um, he wasn't too happy with that. And I understand that like, it's one thing to have invisible walls. Even that's really kind of stupid. But, like, having invisible... Especially, like, this game takes place in a ruined city. Like, just throw up a fucking, like, broken-ass street or something that I can't climb over. Like, it doesn't... You don't need... But the fact that they kill you, I understand where he's coming from. It is really kind of crappy. I didn't even run in... But I didn't run into them at first. Like, I had no idea what he was talking about because I was pretty much more or less staying on the path. Like, it's pretty clear, like, if you wander past... There's, there's like, nothing out there. So if you wander out, like, why would you even go that way? But if you do wander out that way, yeah, it could kill you. And that's kind of stupid. And there are points where, like, your your arm can't grapple to, like, irradiated surfaces, which is – kind of turns it into, like, this puzzle game. But, like, that's the one thing you have going for you is this grapple arm. Don't don't limit me. Don't limit the only fun thing you have going for this game, man. Um, but, no, I mean, it's – like I said, it's, like, 3 or $4. It's really not that bad. It's actually kind of fun. Um what else have I been playing? I played – Did they explain why Nathan Rad Spencer uh, now looks like – the singer from POD? No, because like in the training <laughs> in the training segment, well, he was probably like locked in prison for five years, is what it was. Like Bionic Commander's outlawed, and he went to prison. Uh, that was probably because when you because when you play when you when you do the tutorial, which is almost like remembering, like oh yeah, I remember how to use my arm now. Um, you look like the dude from like Bionic Commando Rearmed or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. You look, you have the, like the green jacket. You look like an '80s dude, so it's like it, it's. I guess it's supposed to be the same character, but maybe prison gave him dreadlocks. I don't know. I hate his look. I hate his look oh, so well, much. I hate, I hate his look too. Like, there's a lot to like dislike about this game. I hate the fact that it's just a grit boot altogether. But the game itself, like the actual playability, is actually pretty good. Like, it's not bad. Can't get over those dreadlocks. No, I hear you. <laughs> Hot dog arms or whatever. No, I got you. Um, I also played a little bit of the Rayman Challenge Levels app. Is that what it's called? I, don't, I hate that it's called an app. It's a it's yeah, game. that's so weird. It's so weird. Um, I played a little bit of that. It's I don't I don't really understand what the challenge is. It supposed to be like daily challenges or weekly challenges or something in there. I, I think it's really both. Okay, um, I just played what felt like just normal levels to me, um, and they were pretty nice because uh, I didn't play the original demo. Uh, but uh, the art is really, really nice. I love, like, the music and all the live music. I mean, the game looks fantastic, and it plays great, and um, it's a shame it got delayed because it's really good, uh, and it's going to be ignored in the time frame it's being released in. Well, apparently they're adding a lot of stuff in the time that they have instead of just sitting on it, so it's good at, lo- at yeah, least. That's oh, that's great. So the, so the studio gets two crunch times. That's fantastic. I'm sure they're, really <laughs> I'm sure they're thrilled about it, yeah. Jesus Christ. That's fucked up. Um, but no, it was really nice. I'm looking forward to the game, which I will buy on Wii U because I I was going to buy the game anyway, but I guess I'll just use it to send a message to Ubisoft that, like, 
It's fucking stupid that these things are together systems. You guys are dumb. Uh, I played a game. I took a chance on this. There was, uh, there was a game called Color Commando, which I think I, I erroneously called Color Commander on uh, Twitter. But this was an eShop game. It was a, it's a DSiWare game, which I still don't understand who they're targeting. Like, people, like, release DSiWare games. Like, do you really think you're hitting two different audiences? Like, at this point, I really don't think so, but I'd rather they just focus on the eShop so things don't look like butthole when I download a DSiWare game. Yeah. Uh, I'm just being selfish. Um, Color Commandos is, is is published by Circle, which does a lot. They're pretty prolific on DSiWare. And it's $2. And that's why I took a chance on it. And it's this puzzle. I don't want to call it a platformer because you don't have a jump command. Each level is like a single screen. has different platforms and ladders and enemy placements. And you can just go straight to the goal. The goal is a treasure chest. and But there are... Uh, three coins in each level, and if you get three coins in each level in a world, it'll unlock a secret level for that world. Uh, the the gimmick here is that each enemy is color, like a specific color, um, like purple or pink, and in the levels you pick up ink, these ink blobs, these color blobs, and um, using the touchscreen you can drop like a purple one down on the screen, and when you do that, if you stand in that spot and a purple enemy passes through it, you don't get hurt. Now, if a pink enemy goes through it, then you're going to get hurt. But you're safe in a pink spot if a pink enemy goes through it. And same thing with the purple. And so it's all about knowing when to dodge enemies and then when to drop these color spots or, you know, or even where to drop the color spots to maximize your safety zones. And it's actually a pretty darn good game for $2 from Circle Entertainment. Can you have uh, more than one safety zone up at a time? Um, for different colors, yes, because I haven't, I haven't played, I'm not quite finished, it's not a long game, but I have played through most of it, and so far there haven't been, like, there's, there aren't a ton of, because it's only a single screen, so, like, these levels aren't very big anyway, mm-hmm. but, but you can definitely have, like, one pink and one purple out, but I, okay. I'm not sure whether I've been into levels where there's been, like, two purples that you can drop, in which case, yeah, you can probably have two of them, I don't see why not. Can, can you reposition them after you've dropped them? I've never tried, but I don't think so. I think okay. that's that's part. So of it's the like strategy. one of those things where you got to plan everything out before right, you like because, make because your way of the through. Way, because you can't jump, you really have to like look at the level. And know, okay, I can drop down here and then climb back up there, get the ink spot, drop it there, go walk. Like so, there is some planning, and there's sometimes where I've had to restart the level because I fucked myself and I dropped down the wrong way or whatever. Uh huh. Um, so it's actually a really, it's actually a fairly clever game. It hasn't been too difficult, um, but it's been fun. It has a clever gimmick, and it's only two dollars. Uh, and I really do recommend it. It's called Color Commando, and it's well worth the money and well worth the time. I've enjoyed it. I'm glad I took a chance on it. I'm always glad to hear about these really good cheap games on the eShop because, you know, you might have money left over after using a card or something. Right, right. And it's always great to have a game that's, you know, two bucks or, or whatever that you can, you know, use with your leftover cash. So I might check this out next time I have some leftover money. Good plan. I, 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 I've, I've really enjoyed it. And um, finally today, I played. Um, I've been making this. I've been making this. Um, uh, I, I don't know, like a, like a a plan to myself to like play like at least like one indie game like a week. Some of the stuff I've had stockpiled on Steam or whatever, so I can talk about it on the podcast. And I played some FTL, Faster Than Light, and I've had that for like a while. I bought that a while back ago, and uh, it is obviously available on Mac. It's also available on Windows. It's I think the normal price for it is like ten dollars. Um, it's not expensive. It's on Steam. You can get it from the website. But um, it is... It's described as like a roguelike in space. And uh, you have a spaceship. And you have to like monitor. Like you have... 
your crew and you can tell them to go from one room to another and you have uh, your reactor and your reactor has so much energy and you can divert that energy to, you know, O2, to weapons, uh, to navigation, things like that. And um, you can... Uh, and then... Um, I'm trying the best way to describe this. Then you have, like, a map, and you have, like, nodes on this map that you can jump to, and you have so much fuel. There's all these resources you have to manage. And you jump to a spot, and then, like, an event happens. Usually there's, like, a ship that wants to attack you. So then you have to fight them. And as you're doing this, you have to, like, monitor your systems, monitor fire on aboard your ship. Uh, you have to watch their shields and attack them carefully, time your shots so that you can destroy their shields, and then pierce their hole in the brief moment while their shields are down. Um, I'm not describing this game very well. I know I'm not, because it's really hard to. But, um, yeah, basically it's like a, like a, I don't know, like a sim management uh, strategy game with ships in space, and it's really fucking good. It is really good. Um, you destroy a ship, you get, like, scrap. You might get weapons. You can upgrade your ship with the scrap that you get uh, to get, um, like, uh, better weapons or uh, more energy. You can improve, like, your reactor and stuff. Uh, but it's it's really, really good. There's some nice touches. Like, if a fire breaks out in the ship, you can basically open up doors that lead to the airlock and then blow it out, like, that way. As long as you have, like, no dudes in the rooms that <laughs> connect to, like, the airlock, like, in between. Um, if you have, like, if you position crew members, like, in the rooms that, you know, where the systems are located that you're using, whether it's weapons or shields or whatever, like, you get, like, a slight bump to, like, performance and stuff. Uh, it's really, really good. It's really good. I'm describing it very poorly. I'm very sorry for that. Um, it sounds complicated, Craig. It is very complicated. You definitely should play through the tutorial. You should definitely play the game on easy uh, because the game is hard on normal. Uh, but um, it's great. It is complicated, but I really enjoy it. I would love to see it on like a portable or something because I would probably play the shit out of it. Speaking of complicated... Monolith Soft does not know how to explain their fucking games at all. I, I just, I'm sorry, I just realized that Namco Cross Capcom is made by Monolith Soft as well as like Xeno Saga and Xeno Blade and, and, uh, fucking Selma Bringer. And every single game I've played of theirs, I have no idea what the fuck they're trying to say when they're explaining their battle systems to me. Well, you can also chalk that up to your fan translations too. At least, at uh, least in part. And two of them, like Xeno Saga obviously was translated and that game. I turned the game off once I got to the battle tutorial because I had no idea what the hell they were saying. Like, they just over-explain it. Like, you could do this and then this and then. They overwhelm and over-explain at the exact same so. time. Yeah, I know. I think that's a good point. Did Monolith develop uh, Endless Frontier? Was that Super Robot Tyson OG? Yes. Endless Saga, yes. Endless Frontier, whatever it's called. Yeah, because that yes, battle system is weird. Actually, that battle system is actually dead simple. Uh-huh. But... but- they, but, they use way too many fucking words to describe, like, nothing. Exactly. Like that. That's every one of their... This is what they did in Soma Bringer, too. Like, Soma Bringer's dead simple. Like, you, you assign fucking buttons wherever you want them and you attack. But it's, like, fucking 20 pages to tell you this. Uh, well, I mean, I think that in <laughs> Japanese. I don't really have a problem with that. But, um, yeah, I think Xenoblade was not that well... Uh, was not that well explained, either. Mainly because I, I don't know the battle system. But, um, but what was the other... Batting Kaitos was fucking annoying. Didn't they develop that too? Yes, they did. And I, <laughs> I, I hated the battle system in that game. I don't even like card battle systems, so that was just not me, for me at all. No, but, you might you might be on to something. They might not be able to very very well articulate their points. Yeah, they, they can't. They can't. This is just something I realized that this breaking point was this Namco Cross Cap. And it's, and it's not even just the fan translation. I mean, this one like has little videos that plays that show you everything. 
And just the way, like, the way they explain the battle system in the game, it's an optional tutorial, and it's like a list of, like, things of the different battle system. Like, there's probably, like, six different things. You click on one of those, like, an- another list branches out of those, and then you click on one of those, and another <laughs> list branches out of those. I swear to fucking God. <laughs> And, I'll look forward uh, to that in Project Cross Zone. Uh, right. Well, you, well, you fucking press directions and hit circle. There you go. That's how you play their games. <laughs> there any 20 goddamn pages to tell me that. But no, yeah, so I forgot. I wanted to mention that, and there we go. I never thought of it, but you're probably right. Damn. Um, well, that about wraps up this episode. Unless you guys have like anything you'd like to add? Uh, nope. Nope. All right, cool. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening, as always. Uh, And until next time, you guys take it easy. Later.